Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Attention, attention. They are not ready for prime time, as they say. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime, prime time. It's XL Prime Time. Featuring Joe C. I'm having nightmares right now. Matt Hayes. Their D's going to be really good. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, just... And Leon Searcy. Somebody has to go on the crowd. How you like me now? How you like me now? Noon hour is hit. Beautiful Thursday here on the First Coast. Welcome in. XL Primetime. All sorts of things to get to. Super Bowl related. Coaching hire related. Oops. Related from last night, big win for the Gators over the Kentucky Wildcats. We welcome you into a Thursday. We call it the start to the weekend. We always like feel like we have a four-day work week and then a three-day, well, an extra day of your weekend. So let's just do it. Get you going on a Thursday because it's already halfway gone. And let's get into the rest of it. Uh, with your Jacksonville Jaguars, there's certainly some some chatter out there about Calvin Ridley the opinion of him inside the building. There's some stuff coming out of the Senior Bowl. You know, a lot of coaches, personnel people get together, so we definitely want to dig into that. And A.J. Brown not committing to the Philadelphia Eagles. Those are all things that we can get into as we go along today. And then some college football uh, with a guy actually leaving a head coaching job to become a D coordinator in the National Football League. That has to send a signal that things aren't as rosy in the college football world as you thought that maybe you thought as a head coach. Uh, would be enjoying, you know, all the, the that comes with being a head coach in the college football world. But he said, nope, I'm out. I'm going to go coordinate the defense for the Green Bay Packers. But first, let's hit of that just to start us off. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The best way I can set this up is he ain't dead yet, but he could be soon. It is down to someone stepping away from a head coaching job in the National Football League mm. to keep J.J. LaSelva alive because Dan Quinn has taken the last available head coaching spot. Yeah. And if you're not sure what we're talking about, it's very simple. He said if Bill Belichick isn't coaching the si- on the sidelines. I bet my life that he, he would be life. at the beginning of 2020. It ain't looking good, Leon. It's not. It's not. I was. I saw it this morning when I saw the news flash by. Yeah. The ticker on ESPN, Dan Quinn gets a job with the Commanders. First thing I thought about, J.J. Yeah. I just said to myself, "How your demise, J.J. What is going to be your demise? <laughs> I'm hoping um, uh, that Andy Reid maybe wins the Super Bowl and stop. he's like, I'm done with this. I'm going to retire. It's the only thing you got and left. And then they're like, let's replace him with the GOAT. Or what we thought was the GOAT. It seems like no one else thinks he's the GOAT. I understand that he's pretty expensive and wants a lot of power. That's but it right there. Dan Quinn the Patriots, over Bill Belichick. The Patriots do still have an opening for the general manager position, JJ. That is the one I don't know if that would count opening remaining. Well, like we said, if he's on the sideline, you, you might be able to get that to count. If you can't, if you can't see, you don't game. go from Santa to the Grinch. Yeah. You don't do it. You got a, you got a jolly coach in Andy Reid. You don't yeah. go to Bill. That's also not very lead. Like, you know, J.J.'s pending death also brought brought about your idea of quantum <laughs> physics and, yeah. you know, well, yeah, are we, we, we really we, here? Well, I, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I, told, I, I just said to myself, I said that the, I said maybe 
uh, death is not the last frontier. It's the beginning. Maybe all this is a dream. What's dead can never die. And then I said, and I, I said, said because energy, I said that because energy neither, you know, it doesn't die. It either transfers from one form to another. So we're all particles of energy. We're all atoms. I'm just and saying. Who did you say said this? I said I, I read. I mean, right. that's my education. I read. I read. I read. And, and what you do? And what does Matt Hayes do? What does Matt Hayes well, he do? He said that when I'm trying you know, to not make it. There's quantum physicists out there who no, say. No, no, I said, no, no, I said what, those no, are also the I same said, guys that think that COVID was from a, a random animal. And, and, and JJ, and, and, and I and I said and that. I said that Matt Hayes would do anything to discredit my argument. And you know what he does? This is what this is deep thinking. This is deep thinking, sirs. You know, it, it happens right here when you go. You get that pull on that right. big stick, that big sir. There you cigar. go. Listen, right. that's and why. I, listen, you. Hey, listen, that's why I do most of my meditation. Mm -hmm. And, and then I just tried to cut him that. down too, man. Yeah, just he did. You know, about. he cut me to the white meat. You and, know, this and, is this is discredit my argument. You're right. It's like, <laughs> is this the only thing that we'll ever experience? Yeah. It, 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 there may be another life. I have no idea. Yeah, we had this. I'll, this uh, psychic in our in our family. Yeah. My family was freaky what? about. Oh yeah, they were. Oh, I need to know all about. Well, you have a they psychic? were. They were freaky back back in the day. Okay, no, this, this is your side or mom's yeah. side, not current dad side. No, not now. But this is like this is not a psychic in the family. Just the family was into the psychic. Oh, no, oh I was gonna say because you know that stuff's genetic. Well, no, they were into the psychic <laughs> readings, you might, and so they would go get this lady Rose that would come and do readings. And they would have the whole seances like and all cards. this stuff. And then she would do the readings and she'd kind of get into her thing and she'd go, I'm seeing. And she'd start doing all this stuff, right? Yeah. And then they would give us, <clears throat> like, she wrote journals of what your past life was. Nice. And I'm just. This freaking. is like Santeria. I'm sure that didn't scare young freaky, JoJo at all, man. did it? Remember uh, yeah. Miss Cleo? <laughs> yeah. Call exactly. me now for your free tarot reading. <laughs> And so Big that fan they were into it, and I'm like, uh, well, but they they did talk about all these different. Yeah, lives well, that you I, I was saying all that, not to not to put any fear into JJ. You know, the grim reality. I'm unafraid of, of death. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. I said I'm a born again Christian. Away. I know where I'm going. You sure? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you ain't right. sure. Though. Well, JJ, I have more good news for you. Um, we didn't even connect the dots by Dan Quinn going to the Washington Commanders. Mm. That means there's a DC opening in Dallas, and I don't know. <laughs> by many accounts, Mike McCarthy on the hot seat. Maybe Jerry wants to bring in well, a coach in waiting. Well, Jerry did say yesterday say. that he would be open to working with Bill Belichick, which I'm sure that makes Mike McCarthy feel. It was the, it was the most Ecstatic. beautiful like last sentence thing in a press where he goes, "Oh yeah, sure, I could work alongside with him, no problem." Please, I hope that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, you're talking about a reality show yeah. where those three, oh. oh my goodness, McCarthy, Jerry Has Jones, and Bill knocks. Belichick, come Could, on now. They'd, that's... Go, they'd go seven and ten. <laughs> McCarthy'd be fired by like week eight. But mm -hmm. what's classic is the guy that just got pants defensively in the game against the Green Bay Packers, Dan Quinn, just got the job over Bill Belichick. That was one of the worst defensive performances I think we've seen. Uh, in the postseason, they just got absolutely well, the, trounced. Yeah, but to be fair to Dan Quinn, he, he did have the fifth, the fifth best defense in the NFL they were in good. the regular season. Right. <laughs> and by the way, two teams that well, actually, Mike Mike McDonald's team did do a good job. They did hold Mahomes mm. <laughs> to seventeen points, but still, they did not get the job done the way the other defensive coordinator did, Steve Spagnuolo. Uh, that's for sure. Steve Spagnuolo may be the most ignored defensive coordinator in the coaching carousel. I know he's up in he's, age. I know he's been in, in, in that position before. But my gosh, this guy's so good. Bro, he's waiting in the wings. Yeah.
How many more years do you think Andy may have? Yeah, I, I don't know. Two? I suppose he could I mean, step I, up. Do you see him floating like? Do you see him floating with Patrick Mahomes the next decade or so? No, like no. Bell Belichick did. Even half a decade. His, he's chasing some history in terms of postseason wins. Mm-hmm. I had some of the numbers, but he is nowhere near yeah. catching what a Bill Belichick or a Landry or a Shul or any of those guys. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and look at the actual numbers. We'll see if I can find them. But, yeah, you <clears> never know. Look, he's got pasta in his belly. He just may want to sit back one day and just say, you know, I just I, I don't want to do anything. Because think of the greatness that Andy Reid – all right, like, like – I've been thinking about this. I'm glad you brought him up because we got to get to Calvin Ridley and all these other ones. But Doug Peterson's birthday is today. So let's give him a round of applause, okay? And I think that you might use the text line or you might use our YouTube channel, 1010XL, just search and offer up a comment there. A good birthday gift that you might give Doug Peterson. And it'll be Jaguar generated, I'm sure. You can be a, a, a smart A if you want. You can be clever. A new general I was just manager. Trying, no, no, yeah. I was just thinking what kind of ice cream <laughs> What kind of ice cream should he get deserving of the season that he had? Well, well that, he, yeah. he enjoys vanilla, so yeah. unfortunately that probably plays into his wheelhouse a little bit too well, much. And you know what else? It melted that, at, the end of, at the end of the that's year. That's perfect. Okay? Vanilla. It melted. But I want to make this just at least consider this, okay? Uh, and And – I think Doug, it was yesterday, by the way, yeah. unfortunately. Was it, it, was yeah. it was yesterday. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Well, happy belated. Yeah. Happy Disregard belated. Disregard that. Yeah. We're still happy celebrating. Yeah, we're Thank still. you for informing me. We're still celebrating. <laughs> but um, the thing is, is that Andy Reid had to go through, and you might just call it football purgatory or whatever. Let's just use that as a, as a descriptive term here. He went to four straight NFC Championship games. He made it to the Super Bowl, and they did not win. He was second-guessed and questioned left and right on the way he treated Donovan McNabb, T.O., all the stuff. Remember? And I'm looking at you, Leon. You remember all this I, stuff. I remember. Okay? Yeah. And he was a winning, winning, winning son of a gun up in Philadelphia, and yet they weren't happy with him. All right? Let him go. He goes to Kansas City. The next, is, uh, you know, next handful of years, he builds Kansas City back up. And we all know what has happened since then. They've been to four of the last five Super Bowls. They won a couple or will be in four of the last five Super Bowls and have already won a couple of Super Bowls. What if Doug Peterson, who has already won a Super Bowl, had success way earlier in his head coaching career than Andy Reid did in terms of winning the Lombardi? What if he has to go through that journey and can get through some of the stuff that he has gone through this year in particular? Can he come out of it? Can he learn? Can he be a better head coach? The way Andy Reid is right now. Well, I mean, Andy Reid came out of a bevy of, of confusion up there in Philly. Listen, first of all, Philly fans hate everything, especially mm-hmm. if you're not winning. They are right? so you So they're, they're angry fans, first and foremost. Even when they had success, it was never enough. Mm-hmm. All those championship games they went to, until they went to a Super Bowl, yeah, they were finally satisfied. But then you go to the Super Bowl, and then you've got controversy, you know, with the quarterback and the wide receiver. T.O. Mm-hmm. and Donovan McNabb were just like, I mean, they were reality showing themselves. So, I mean, Danny Reed had to deal with that factor. But then he, called, he comes to KC, and he has the pedigree. Oh, he's played in the Super Bowl. He's played in championship games. And then they find a guy named Patrick Mahomes. Ever heard of him? Uh, Texas <laughs> Tech, right? Yeah. They ran the what, – what was the name of that? They, they ran the uh, – Air Raid. Air Raid. Air Raid. And uh, what was it? What was it? Um, 10th pick overall? Had to sit behind he Alex was traded, Smith. They traded yeah, in traded, the top yeah, ten to get him. Yeah, traded in the top ten to get him. He, well, how many years he had to sit on leave Alex Smith? Two? One. One. One, one year. Next year, he was there. Mm. 
That's and let's not forget, let's remind everybody. That's how you find a franchise quarterback. Yeah. He, he was hired the same year Gus Bradley was hired in Jacksonville. Mm. Okay. And the number one and number two picks were Kansas City and Jacksonville. Andy Reid walked into a situation where it looked bad because you say, well, they had the worst record. Number one pick overall. They had to suck. You take a look at some of the roster players that were on that team, that's why Andy Reid said, I'll go there. And he went there, and they drafted not Luke Jokel, but Eric Fisher, the number one overall player that year. It was not a great draft. Bottom line is they went from worst to the playoffs, then went from Alex Smith to Pat Mahomes, and on and on and on. Was there ever an opportunity for Jacksonville to get Andy Reid? Uh, there was whispers about that. Was well, there I ever? do there not was believe he was to get Pat Mahomes. I know that. Oh, wow. Which, yeah. speaking of Pat Mahomes, yeah. did you guys hear the bit from Alex Smith on Adam Schefter's podcast earlier this mm-hmm. week? Apparently, Brett Veach had a good enough r- rapport with the quarterback room that, you know, he'd show them college tape. They'd show other NFL quarterbacks. They'd Kansas City. Look front, at guys. Yeah. It wasn't like, hey, I'm showing you this young guy and he's going to be taking your job sort of relationship. Patrick Mahomes was a freshman. At Texas Tech. When they started. And Veach came to Alex Smith in the quarterback room and said, you guys got to look at this guy. You guys got to watch this guy. And then Andy Reid, unsolicited, brought it up to Alex Smith. Mm -hmm. They were in on Patrick Mahomes before anybody else even knew who he was. That would have been basically 13, 13 or 14, right at that time. Uh, because did he play three years? Uh, Trying to remember. Played three years. He got there. And then he. And. Baker Mayfield left because right, of right. him, chased him off. Yeah, and remember, remember the, that was the whole the whole. How could you how could you you know force Baker Mayfield out? He was seven yeah. and one as a starter, and you're, because of this freshman, and yeah, no one really knew who he was yet. You yeah, know? it just threw it all over the Cliff lot. Knew so that it all might have been it, it might have been fourteen or fifteen in that neighborhood. But I totally get what you're saying is that they were in on him early, which also was the I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Alex Smith early. <laughs> We love you, but your days are numbered. Just setting it up. Yeah, we are going In to. In about dis- four years. Yeah. If this thing works out, we're going to dispatch you at some point. And they had traded to get Alex Smith. He was one of the first number one San overall Francisco. picks. We have the position. Alex Smith Super Bowl on our hands in yeah. eight days or nine days, whatever it is, days time. Yeah, when you think about it, San Francisco and Kansas City, for sure. And so <laughs> the thing is, is that Andy went there still trying to prove something. He had not won a Super Bowl. Now, the opposite is true of Doug. Doug won a Super Bowl. He's coming here. He's not necessarily trying to prove something, but he's also, you know, maybe in some respects trying to prove Philly wrong because they, you know, the blow up at the end and, 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 and they couldn't coexist and he left. But Andy Reid is a very, very good story. He was always a great and successful head coach, but he just could not get that prize. And so I, I wonder what Doug's thinking right now. Andy's from that. the, what, Holmgren tree? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, because you, you start his own And you can go Bill Walsh if you want to oh, take it yeah. all the way yeah, back. And true. Doug, yeah. in theory, is also from the Holmgren tree, considering yeah. he played in Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. And, and came in under that coaching staff and all that. So there's no question. Holmgren and Gruden and Morningwig and Mariucci and all those guys came in under Bill Walsh. Yeah. But you start looking at Andy Reid's coaching tree, mm-hmm. and it's also pretty dang solid. That's for sure. All right, so – Doug's got some decisions, as we said. You can give him a birthday wish. Uh, he celebrated it yesterday, we say. Yep, and, yesterday. And just give him a birthday gift if you want, 641-1010, something he could use or something he could get rid of, uh, as uh, has been suggested already on the text line. Uh, let's get to the Calvin Ridley thing because it's definitely worth discussing. 
Now, you can take any of these hot, juicy rumors during the offseason, and some of them carry weight. Some of them don't. Uh, you were one of the first to say, at least from your <clears throat> gathering of information and your reporting, that Calvin Ridley was not running all mm-hmm. the right routes. Anyway, it's coming out now. At least there is some information out there that says they're not 100% in love with Calvin Ridley. Right yeah, now. and uh, guess what? Missed assignments, one of the reasons perhaps why, according yeah. to Walter Football, in case yeah. you missed this report. And again, these are just rumors at the Senior Bowl from one reporter, one boots on the ground. So do with this information what you will. But from this little nugget, this rumors at the Senior Bowl article on WalterFootball.com, the Jaguars were disappointed and frustrated with the play of Calvin Ridley last year. Ridley was underweight, did not supply the yards after the catch, and had a plethora of missed assignments. Those sources say the Jaguars want a big outside receiver for Trevor Lawrence and that the position is a priority on day one or day two of the NFL draft. I really do think it's interesting, Matt, when you hear them say underweight, missed assignments, and didn't provide the yak yards. Now, we've seen Calvin, when he's at his best, he is a turn up the field, make you pay guy. If yep. you if you if you if he finds a spot in your defense, he's going to make you pay. And so that combo, honestly, not as as big as you'd like him to be, meaning not as physical and up to weight, and then obviously making plays and, and missing assignments. But why was he that? That's the question. Yeah. Because all during camp, it was they were raving about. Yeah, him. they were raving about how he was going to be this rare type of guy they haven't had here in a long time. That's the preseason trance so, we all fall So under. was it all – well, the, the staff was too. Yeah. So, so I mean, is was it part and parcel of protection, um, shaky quarterback play at times? Because it's all – those three things are all play off each other. Receivers got to get open, got to have protection, quarterback's got to throw on time. Yeah. And if that stuff doesn't happen, every single time you throw the ball, you got a chance for something bad to happen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying – look – I'm not saying he didn't have his problems. Clearly, he did. But was he also part of a entire passing game problem? Yeah. As well as, oh, by the way, the fourth factor in there, play calling. Yeah, and, and remember, the first 30 minutes of this Jaguar season, he went off. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Uh, like, Travis this is Cowell. what we were sold, and this is yeah. what we are getting. Right. right. Like, oh, my gosh. And then he basically went through 30 minutes of disappearing. And then, really, that, that story – began in game one and it didn't end until uh, the season was over. And so he was an up down dude. There's just, there's no getting away from that. But if we've learned one thing, receivers are up down dudes. They're happy one day. They're not happy the next day. You want to get them out of town. You know, all this, we got a little soundbite from uh, AJ Brown that we'll play coming up. But because if you start adding up, like we can easily create a list. Calvin, it's not like he's unhappy here because he's got to wait and see what kind of money is offered to him. But A.J. Brown's not happy up in Philly. Stephon Diggs is a regular soap opera. And we can go down like the who's line. Who's the most diva yeah. wide receiver in the league? Did that's, we get the cryptic tough. post from the yeah. Diggs brothers yet? I really wanted the cryptic post. Oh, there's yeah. another. He is a perfect example yeah. of a diva wide receiver. Exactly. Well, you know what, Glenn? Oh. Do, you, do you have the A.J. Brown? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do. Yes. I haven't listened to it. I hope he doesn't curse in it or anything. Uh, all right. Mm-hmm. Hang on. He. You might, you might want to listen to it just to make Okay, sure. give me like 40 seconds. Yeah, because I, I, I'm trying to remember one of the ones I was listening to where I, I did hear one of them come off, which is to make sure. But that's it. All, I, I mean, all wide receivers are divas. Jimmy and Keenan were divas, but they were in a good way. They wanted the ball. They wanted attention. They were always open. I mean, those things are just factor in. You just have to deal with it. Now, Jimmy and Keenan were the kind of guys that disappeared. That's mm-hmm. that, my biggest concern with what, what, what Calvin Ridley is, the, 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 the missed assignments, and the disappearing acts. 
I mean, when they did happen, they did happen. You know, I mean, it would go, it would go, it would go a quarter and a half, and the ball wouldn't even be thrown this way. And I don't know if that that was the plan, or that he wasn't getting open, or he was getting. Sometimes he seemed uninterested mm-hmm. in the fact that he knew he was going to get the ball, and that's concerning to me. Yeah, it'll add up. And, but, I mean, but but here's the thing: coaching staff sees that on film. Why wasn't it corrected? I mean, why was it allowed to go on throughout the whole season? I that should have been corrected. If you saw that kind of habit, or that's how. That kind of habit in week one, then you had to make the corrections as a coach mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, listen, this is not going to be tolerated. You got to run the route. You got to run the. Che- you got to run your, your, the side adjust or, or the check down or whatever it is. You know, you got to run it. I mean, the, I can't remember what game was that where Trevor him Trevor was clearly upset with the fact Cleveland. that it was the Cleveland game where it was a side adjust and Trevor's throwing it like he like Calvin was supposed to turn and he kept running and then then I remember Trevor coming off the sideline like, you know. That's the side exactly. of It wasn't the fact that he ran the wrong route. It was the fact that he didn't run the route and turn when he was supposed to when the blitz was coming. That's mm-hmm. the whole key. Mm-hmm. It's called a side adjust. When they blitz it, Trevor's getting rid of the ball. He kept running. Yeah. You can't. You and can't you can do make that. so many big you, plays yeah. off of that if you throw into the blitz mm-hmm. and, and just yeah. basically take advantage of one less on the other side. It, it, it's true. All right, so – Listen to this is AJ Brown in a podcast, and and he's basically being interviewed about whether or not he's going to be in Philly next year. And we all remember at the end, uh, he was just going explosive on the Philadelphia situation up there, uh, and then ended up not playing in that last game. AJ, your, your name is out there a lot with people talking about you know what might be going on behind the scenes, what the organization's plans may be. What do you make of all that? Is that just noise in your mind? You know, I've been through this before. I'm a, I'm a bear at this point, you know. So if something happens, my phone will ring and I'll be waiting or not, then I'll enjoy my time. But you're prepared, obviously, to be catching passes for the Philadelphia Eagles next season. I'm prepared to uh, focus on my family at home and, and get better in the offseason and just see, see where this thing go, you know. It's chatter, though. What do you think? What did he say? I mean, he didn't really say anything. To be quite yeah, honest I'm, with you. I'm happy I mean, being with my yeah. family right here, right now. You, you know? would hope when you have a player who you just signed to a big contract would be saying, "Yes, I that. play for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's who I'll He's be playing nothing. for next year." Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he's not a free agent. He's not a free agent, and he yeah. got the big deal after a, being dealt from Tennessee did, to to Philadelphia. It, it, so that, that that's the it's essence. Just a way of, to wreck the team. I don't. Yeah. I. And by the way, typical diva wide receiver stuff. Yeah. By the way, as much as we talked about maybe some uh, finger pointing and backbiting well, inside the Jags locker room or between coaches or whatever, yeah. that was big time serious up yeah. in Philadelphia. But but I I know that's, that is a way to kind of wreck the team or whatever. But we don't know what's going on in the in the, in the corridor. You're right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we found out that Russell Wilson was was they were trying to lay him down. So they could, you know, so he wouldn't get hurt or whatever it was factored in. It was something organizationally with Russell Wilson, you know. They were being nasty to Russell. Absolutely. So I mean, we don't we don't know the specifics. To me, so I, I just assume this was more quarterback, wide receiver, yeah, could stuff. Be. But I have no idea. Yeah, but yeah. it could have been a Brian Johnson situation, yeah. the offensive yeah. coordinator, the way things were going. And we all know this: if they're and this is a struggle with any good team. If you yeah. have a lot of weapons and you think you should be the main weapon, mm-hmm. which is what AJ was. And then Devontae Smith and some of these other guys started to pop. Well, I, listen, I can tell you this, though. I guarantee you these problems weren't uh, as significant as they were when they were 10-1. and 1. No, they weren't. 
So they weren't. And then they they, all, everybody's all, happy when you Oh, yeah, right. exactly. When he cures all, it exactly. covers things up. I'm sure all of the, all this mayhem and confusion it happened the last couple of months down the road when they won, when they lost, what, six or seven? Yeah. Including the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what happened. The, um, that mayhem guy got involved oh, in, yeah. in the Philadelphia exactly. Eagles locker room. All right, we will keep it going. We'll stay on this uh, Calvin Ridley discussion, uh, worth it, not worth it, because the point obviously needs to be made every time we bring him up is that – he is about, uh, if you had a list of five, six, seven players that you think are as good as it gets on this football team, he's probably on a lot of people's list. So we will get into that coming up. How about the Gators last night? A huge win over the Kentucky Wildcats. We'll touch on them as well. It's XL Primetime. Filling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. A belated happy birthday to Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson, who celebrated his birthday yesterday. What would you give the Jaguars head coach? I'm kind of scared, but hey, that's what the text line is for for those replies. 641-1010 is the number to get in on the conversation on this Thursday edition of XL Primetime. Um, we're celebrating a day later with a... Uh, some round of applause, JJ. Some salsa and chips from our friends at Taco Lou. We love the Lou, Donnie, and everybody over there just rolling in with some spicy. Donnie rolls salsa. in at a, like 9 45, 10 this morning, and I'm like looking at it because I'm like, oh, did he bring like burritos or something? And yeah, let me just. No, uh, no, it's chips and salsa. And I'm like, that's, that's 10 a.m., but hey, it's never too early. Never no, too early no, for the no. Lou. But don't be afraid, Don. Uh, some of that spicy chicken. Oh yeah. Before we get ready Don't to be afraid s- to come across for this <laughs> Before we get ready to say hello to another one of Leon's legends at twelve forty, uh JJ, world's smallest violin, if you may, for a dramatic reading of Cat's illustrated <clears throat> message boards on Rivals last night. Kentucky cannot stop a middle school travel team. Anyone expecting a March run is just blind to reality. No better than last year's team. Can't defend, can't make free throws. Two losses in Rupp is inexcusable. I'm just glad this is Cal's last season at UK. No way he comes back, mark my words. Florida, you have once again, although for only the 12th time in the 97-year history of this rivalry, broken the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, let's make it the 10 to take real quick uh, because, honestly, that was a money win last night for the Florida. Right, hang the on real quick. No, Go no. ahead. I mean, y'all taking gratitude and beating the program in basketball, but Canyon football. Hey, we're a spring and winter sports school. Are what you kidding me? What is going on? I mean, it's also the program, in this state of Florida. What is going it's on? Not, you're not easy beating the program. Yeah. Wow. Hey, hey, they 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 beat Florida in football. We beat them in hoops. Who who's hurting more? I'm not sure. Is that <laughs> what Josie's 10-10 take? Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmaster since 68. I got a feeling that should have been the 10 take more than mine because it is true. Uh, don't forget Sonny's. They will give you that cue to text. And when they do, remember to text the word Sonny's in because you got a chance to cash in on a big game barbecue giveaway because Sonny's will smoke it all up for you. And then you'll be able to enjoy and chow with those delicious ribs, chicken, pork, whatever else it might be. Uh, so Leon makes a great Great point, but beating Kentucky in basketball does mean something probably as much in the Bluegrass or the Bourbon State uh, as it does when they beat Florida in football. But know this, the difference between what Billy Napier and Todd Golden have done in year two is dramatic. It is dramatic because you want to see someone's 
fingerprints on a program when they take over. And you should notice something from year one to year two that says, oh, okay, I'm getting this now. Todd Golden has done that with the basketball team. Billy Napier has failed to do that with the football team. And the other thing that I love about what Todd Golden has done is that when that team walks into a gym, they think they can beat you as much as as anyone else out there thinks they might be able to, you know, to to drop one. They come in to compete and they shoot. And I remember a time when Florida could not create their own basket, when Florida could not win in the paint. And at the very least, this team is going toe-to-toe with signature programs in college hoops. This is their first quad one win, so it ain't like they've been doing a bunch, but that was a big win last night. That's the 10-10 take because that's what it comes down to. Todd Golden at least turning a program around quickly with the people that he brought You're in. You're just a Napier hater, Joe. Yeah. That's what you are. Uh, you uh, got to give him time. Yeah, you, maybe. I mean, yeah, maybe. He, he needs uh, time, Joe. Yeah. Oh, sure he does. You know, he, he, he needs his time. Yeah. Not... He walked into a mess there, you know. Oh, that, yes, right? he did. Yes, he did. A lot of stuff going on there. And, Didn't and, have a quarterback, you know. Walked into a mess. And someone will tell you that you can turn a basketball program quicker around than you can a, f- a football program. You know what's interesting portal. is – Because the portal. Yeah. Right. Is they're doing all this – Riley Kugel's still not like, you know, they were expecting him to be like this elite guy. Yeah. Uh, and he look, still hasn't hit his stride yet. Like, well, if he gets hot hmm? in February and March – they're going to be a fun team to watch well, down the stretch. Look at Richard when he got hot. Just some of these guys, and they all have been trading places a little bit, but between Zion and Walt, those are the two guys that carry this team. And then the interior play, and let's give Samuel some credit for what he was able to do last night because you that's what you need, inside, outside. And they don't blink. They don't. And that's the part that's fun because you had a couple of really good performers last night on the Kentucky side too. And I'm telling you what, every single time you th- – and this is like before they went to overtime. Florida would hit a three, they'd hit a three. Florida hit a three, and then they'd hit two more. I mean, they are good. Right, which the Kentucky side of things glass half full <clears throat> is that they were without DJ Wagner. They were without Justin Edwards, who by many accounts, those were the two guys that were expected among all these McDonald's All-Americans. The fact that Cal was leaning back into the one-and-done – those were supposed to be the top two freshmen. They have not been the top two freshmen for mm-hmm. this team. It's been Rob Dillingham. It's been Reed Shepard. Both those guys did go off last night. But for whatever the reason, this Kentucky team's defense of effort it has just been as piss poor as any mm-hmm. team in the top ten. And nationally, they've gotten a lot of slack for that. Like mm-hmm. nationally, yes, they they were still a top ten team. But I love this stat from Matt Norlander, and I actually was listening to his podcast yesterday before Kentucky and Florida tipped mm-hmm. off. Since 1997, only four times has a sub-30 <laughs> sub excuse me, defense on Kempom.com gone on to win a national title. 2021 Baylor, 2015 Duke, 2009 UNC, and 2003 Syracuse. Kentucky is 75th in adjusted defense, and that was before they let Florida shoot the ball like crazy from beyond the arc last yeah. night. And, and, and yeah, and look, so I'm not trying to downplay. I'm not trying to downplay. Well, Gators. that is it's a big but, win, but you're but, not. Yeah, but it's not wrong, right? Yeah, because it's still a quad one win, and that's what you're looking for. But yes, they Kentucky has their flaws. There's no question. Well, Wagner about it. also played in Gainesville, and they Florida almost beat him there. Should have beat him there, right? Actually. And it was just a two point loss, and yeah. so yeah, so that that definitely was big. We will get back to that. Speaking of big, this guy's been in big moments. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Let's say hello to Yancey Thigpen, one of Leon's legends, as he joins us right now on XL Primetime because we're talking Super Bowl. Yeah, we are. We're talking Super Bowl. Yancey Thigpen, teammate of mine, two-time All-Pro, 
one of the toughest receivers and teammates to ever play with in Pittsburgh and was one of my toughest opponents again when he played for the Titans. But, but he's still my boy. Yancey <laughs> Thick fan. What's oh, up, man. bro? What's going oh, on man. with you, What's bro? Up? Man, I'm hey, doing man, great, man. man. How's everything going? Man, good, everything, good. I heard from you, man. Everything good up there? Where you at right now? Everything is good. I'm playing Charlotte, man, dealing with this weather. Oh, okay. It's I cold. guys down there in sunny Florida. So. That's right. <laughs> got flip-flops on, bro. Uh, yeah. What's that? <laughs> I said we got flip-flops on down here, bro. Oh, I know. That's right, man. I'm, I'm heading that way soon. All right. All right. Hey, so t- tell me, I mean, listen, we, we, we've both played in Super Bowls. Uh, and, and tell me about what you think about this matchup, this uh, next Sunday, uh, when it comes to the Chiefs and the 49ers. Man, obviously, they're both excellent teams. Um, you know, Everybody expected San Francisco to potentially be there. No one really expected Kansas City to be there, man. But when you got that guy, Patrick Mahomes, calling, you know, under that center, you never know what to expect. Uh, so, man, I think it's going to be a good game, man. Uh, a personal friend of mine is defense coordinator for San Francisco. So uh, uh, I'm hoping that uh, they do well. I hope that hopefully it's a good game. I'm sure it will be. And you're talking about Steve Wilkes. Uh, as yes. the defensive coordinator, uh, as we're talking with Yancey Thigpen, former Titan, former Steeler, and, and it's funny, Yancey, you bring him up because you know Wilkes is a highly regarded defensive mind, uh, but he's been put on blast a couple of times here these last couple of games. What do you think is going through his mind facing another uh, offensive juggernaut? Well, man, you know it's 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 a game of of, of decision making. These guys, man, they're they're going against these high powered offenses. Everybody knows in the around the National Football League right now that these the the system is designed for the offenses to succeed. So I think it's I think he's doing a tremendous job based on what he's faced up against. Um, you know, like I said, these 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 games are are based around offenses, not defenses anymore. Yeah. So uh, they all have uphill uphill battle. You know, one week prep for the divisional round for the championship round of the playoffs. Two weeks for the Super Bowl. Does that change things in terms of how maybe schematically you look at a squad or, you know, just how does it change, a, you know, day-to-day preparation as somebody who's played in two Super Bowls? Well, I was one, I was unfortunately one of the, one of the, uh, the Super Bowls that I was uh, involved in. Um, unfortunately, we defeated my, 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 my fellow uh, teammate, Leon, down mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. But that particular year, we only had one week. Yeah, that's true. Prepare. Yeah, that was the. I think it's the first and only time in the history, and and for a, a very good reason because it's definitely a not not enough time to prepare. But I, I think when you go into the Super Bowl, like I said, I deal with that experience playing in the Super Bowl. We we played in the AFC Championship game in Jacksonville, Florida. We flew back to Tennessee in a snowstorm. Um, we we had to go home and pack and 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 travel to Atlanta the next day on a bus. In a snowstorm, so um, but you know when it, when it comes to preparation, I I definitely you know like I said I've I've had an opportunity to experience both situations, and um, a week to prepare for the Super Bowl is 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 just not enough time. So I, I think the guys are you know around the Super Bowl. You said does it does it matter when it when it comes to the game? I think it matters when it when it comes to preparation, not from a stamp. From, not schematically from a standpoint of week to week, but there are so many other things that come along with playing in the Super Bowl. I mean, you gotta you got family to get to the game. You got tickets to get distributed to family members. You got media day. You have um, you know 
you got a ho- hotels to get for family members and you got to travel to a, a whole new you know whole city for an entire week you got it's just so much to do in one week so i don't think that from a preparation standpoint it makes that big of a difference but from a standpoint of playing in the super bowl you definitely need that extra week to prepare for all the other things that surround the super bowl yeah yeah see after that game i, I sent that snow I pray for it. I send it your way. Uh, I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what, sir. Man, if 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 I wanted to beat a if I wanted to beat an ex teammate in an AFC championship game, you would have been the last person I chose to beat. Man, I, I was I, I was I was hoping it. Um, I, I was going into the game saying if if I didn't make it, my my good friend Leon would be there. I appreciate so that. So I was bro. at a I was at a win win situation. Yeah, it's still Somewhere. cut to the white meat though. <laughs> Hey, hey, Yancey, uh, Knowing that Steve Wilkes is your bud, um, still, how does how do you how does anybody bet against Pat Mahomes at this point? The way he's playing, the way he plays in these big games. I agree. I I, I don't think there's I, I don't think that would be a smart decision for anybody betting. If it was me, I would. So I I would agree with you, and and I would ask you the same question. You know what I'm saying right. I don't see how anyone. Could bet against Patrick Mahomes, and, and especially because he's been there so many times. If he, if it was a situation where he had been just playing really good football, going to the Super Bowl for the first, maybe second time, but this guy's been in so many big games and so many, in so many recent years that it's, it's going to be hard to bet against a guy this, that with this with this type of experience. Well, yes, and not, know- not and just not by itself either. He got a bunch of teammates that's been right with him along the way. Yeah, yeah. So Yancey, yeah, listen, we've always we've all gone through the process of free agency. You you know, one particular time you were a top notch free agent. You were garnered by garnished by a lot of different teams in that whole process. We we got a receiver now. We got a receiver now named Calvin Ridley. You know, coming off you know one year, it was it's pretty decent or whatever, and uh, he's moving forward. Whether we're going to sign him or go into free agency, what were some of the particulars that you went about as far as making yourself attractive when you actually went into free agency the years that you were available? Well, I mean, a few things played in the um, played played a big factor in it, Leon. I, you know, I've spent a a lot of years in Pittsburgh, and uh, you know, you know, Leon, we in Pittsburgh, we were practicing on that old turf every day, ninety percent of the time, ninety five percent of the time, we practiced on that stuff every day. And uh, I was getting a little older in my career, we're dealing with a few lower body injuries, and I wanted it, my focus was to go somewhere where I would have a little be able to add a little more years to my career, but not have to deal with that turf as much. And I wanted to stay inside inside the conference. Now, um, the other question was, you know, that kind of played a big decision in my um, in my decision leaving going to Tennessee. I knew um, that I, I wanted to stay in the conference. I, I had a, a good feel of teams that were in the conference and the competition that was in the conference, so I kind of wanted to stick with what I knew. We're talking with Yancey Thigpen, two-time Super Bowl performer. And and, and I tell you, Yancey, I, I think, you know, as we're talking about that AFC championship game, it is bringing memories up for, for all of Duval. So you, you at least got to go back and, and tell the story. Because Leon tells the story about having a 14-7 to 7 lead and, and what it was like in, in the locker room at the half. You scored the lone touchdown for Tennessee. What was it like in Tennessee's locker room? And what were you guys saying coming out? Man, um, well, personally, I was I was dealing with a lot of different things mentally. Um, I, I I actually fractured my foot the, leading up to 
that week, I had a mm. thin hairline fracture. And it was a decision that I made to play in that game um, based on the game script. And when I went into uh, the facility, facilities that week and we went over the game plan, and I saw the game plan, and I was like, man, I cannot miss this one because I was featured a lot in the game plan. So I said, well, looks like I'll be playing with a broken foot today. And so I, you know, had a little, little, a little mama medication put in my foot earlier in the game. And, um, you know, I had only played one series and I think I had like four or five catches the first series and scored the, the touchdown for us. But after that, my, my, um, my day was over with, <clears throat> but I had a lot of confidence in the guys that were, that I was, that I was playing with. We had played Jacksonville a couple of times that, that year. Um, we, we, we know that the, the game was a, it was a long game wasn't a, a game of half you know wasn't a game of halves it was a game of you know it was a, a total game and we 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 felt like we had a really good opportunity to come back and win the game based on what we had already done to those guys twice that year uh, I think you know we, you know us as players we thought if we could if we if we could keep it close and um and and that's what happened if we could keep it close to that that they would get a little nervous and uh and, and start thinking about what had happened to him, to, to them for the last two, the last two outings that that we had with them, and kind of kind of played out in that way. We had some really good big plays on special teams that helped us out that day as well. Not taking anything from uh, the guys that I played with or to, or Jacksonville, man. It was uh, I personally think those were uh, the two best teams in the, in the NFL that year. As Leon has often said, should have been the Super Bowl that matchup right yeah. there. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. A couple more from Yancey Thigpen on the All-Pro Roofing Hotline. Um, Let's also flip things over. We've talked some Super Bowl. Let's talk about Senior Bowl, getting ready for the draft. That's another storyline we're following. Big picture here on XL Primetime, Yancey. Um, For you, coming out of a small school, walk us through your draft preparation. Did you play in one of these showcase games, and how did you get on teams' radars? I didn't. I didn't. I had a a pretty good college career, but – you know, you have to, you know, base my career on the competition at hand. Um, you know, I me personally, I think we had top tier, you know, at least skill positions, um, at, you know, against that I played against when I was in college. But uh, obviously, no one got the recognition. So I took it upon myself um, that when I got the call to to attend the combine, that I this was my big opportunity. I didn't play in any bowl games. Right out of college, I thought this would be my, my opportunity to actually show how I stacked up against some of the big boys, and so I just looked at that as a um, uh, that was my, uh, my my peak. This is when I wanted to be able to perform the best when I was surrounding myself with all these other so. Well, I, I don't want to make it seem like I was speaking less of them, but so-called superstar super superstar cats, and um, so that's that's how I approached it. Um, so I'm sitting around after afterwards. I think I had a pretty good outing, and I'm sitting around after. No one mentioned it to me of anything, and I'm, you know, of course, you're a young guy. You you want to keep up with everything that's happening with the draft and and everything that's happening with your position. So you know, there were there were articles coming out weekly in Sports Illustrated. One week they were highlighting quarterbacks and you know running backs and wide receivers. So I just so happened to pick up a magazine after the combine, not realizing. What you know, you know exactly how 
good eye fared against the bigger competition. And I just picked up the magazine, and uh, I was reading through the magazine, and then they listed all the top 10 wide receivers. And, of course, I wasn't one of the top 10 wide receivers. But right beneath the top, the bold print top 10 wide receivers, there were about three or four sleepers. And I just happened to see it, and there there it was. There, there my name was. And uh, it was a big surprise to me. Like I said, it wasn't – like I got a call from a friend said, "Hey man, pick up the Sports Illustrated. You gotta check it out. You're in it." You know, I just happened to be reading the magazine, and and that's when I thought to myself, "Okay, I must I must have, uh, you know, did extremely well and uh, got a shot here." So let's see. Uh, at that point, you know, I, I kind of turn it up another notch. <laughs> all right, yeah. So I'm gonna take you to the not so fond memories. All right, January okay. 1996, right. Super Bowl 30. We're down yeah. 20 to 17. Three and a half minutes left to go in the game. We're at the 50-yard line. Mm. Neil O'Donnell throws <laughs> an interception that costs us the Super Bowl. So, was the mistake on on Neil O'Donnell, or was it Andre Hastings not running the proper route? Oh my God! Please tell it, tell it to the people. Come on, so man. I can I sleep at night. I need to sleep, man. I need to sleep Come at night. Come on, man. I'm still, we supposed to talk I'm still, about this. I'm still going we to third. Talk about this over over uh, a cigar and a drink, not over, over the radio. <laughs> 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 hey, listen, I'm still going to therapy, bro. I need I need to know the truth. Because, listen, I can tell you what your boy Ernie Mills told me. Don't tell me because I don't want I don't want, I don't want to have to do You don't, don't want to know. know. I, you don't want to know. Trust me, I already know. I don't want to talk okay, about right, it over we there. All right, we're going to take – I tell you what, we're going to take it to the grave then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll take, we'll take it to the grave. grave. But, all right. But, uh, you know, uh, um, <clears> you know, I got an opportunity. I played with Neil in Tennessee. He was on that Tennessee uh, uh, Super yeah. Bowl. So I, I had an opportunity to play with Neil and Andre and I are extremely good friends right now. I talk to him, you know, I talk to him often. And um, so I'll I, i uh, I'll just say that well, it was some miscues. Well, you know what I said? I told Ernie it was his fault because he got hurt in the game. Okay. Because he didn't I can, get hurt in the game. Let's blame it on Ernie. There you go. Let's blame it on Ernie. If he didn't get hurt in the game, Andre would have never came uh, into the game. But you know, I mean, Andre, we, you know, that year though, yeah, sir, yeah, we we yeah, spread that like, thing out. He was still a rookie. Was, he was still a rookie. Yeah, though. but he yeah, wasn't we you. He, those, he wasn't you and Ernie. No, no, but we <laughs> spread that thing out, man. We, you know, we we were. We that's one of the people don't realize, but that was one of the first years that four or five wise came into play. I mean, I know the Houston team had the three guys, but we brought in five, man. Mm-hmm. Spread that thing out. Yeah. So, um, but anyway. Yeah, like you said, that's a bad memory, bad, bad yeah, it memory. Bad. It haunts yeah. me to this day as well. Mm-hmm. Well, just know, Yancey, that I was among many in Duval, uh, and I was covering the team, but there were plenty of others. Everybody had their bags packed, ready to go to Atlanta. Uh, and we went and jumped on Radio Row and did the Super Bowl, and I do remember that uh, Atlanta turning into Icelanta instead of Atlanta. But yeah, that uh you broke a lot of hearts in Duval. You know that. Well I tell you what, this is this is this is this is where y'all messed up at down there. <laughs> y'all started making rap music and videos and stuff like that and Man, you man. know we, we, we didn't we didn't we didn't take too kindly to hey, that. Well, well, Especially well, after well, we had already beat you guys twice. Right, well here listen it here it is. First of all to it to turn it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's me. Y'all supposed to burn that. Y'all supposed to throw that away. That Ain't nobody scared of y'all. Ain't nobody scared of y'all. 
They all they ain't cost hey, us cost nothing. Y'all opportunity. You know what cost you know us? What they say don't 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 give out that bulletin board material, man. Yeah, we we poked we the played man. that song in our locker room good. all week. I'm good. I hope you remember the lyrics too. That's, hey, we that's played that's that song in our locker room all week. Oh know? yeah, we knew the lyrics. We knew every I, 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 everybody that had yeah. a part in it. We knew all the lyrics. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was the first one too. I was waiting. On oh the yeah, freak. I know. I was waiting. I, on the freak know. I was waiting for him to freak around the corner. They ain't get nothing. All right. First of all, that yeah, song didn't beat us. You know what I'm telling you what beat us? A uh, guy named McNair mm-hmm. in his stiff arms. Yeah. That's what beat yeah, us. Man. Okay, that part. Yeah, he was. Hey, yeah, he was special. He was, he was something to record. He was special, man. He, he was, was special. definitely. He was. A, he was. He was. A, he was. A, I, I tell. I, I tell a lot of people, man. Uh, Matt was one of the toughest guys I ever played with. Just, mm-hmm. just mental, just tough, man. Mm-hmm. Matt will walk around. Uh, all week with with uh, black and blue ankles, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, he won't he won't be out there this week. And come Sunday, man, he was suiting up. I'm just like, wow, yeah, he's tough. He he's was a tough, tough cat, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Hey, Yancey, man, I appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, listen, we're gonna Anytime. have to chop it up and smoke that cigar and, and tell that story. So Let's do it. Let's so, do it. So Let's we, do gonna, it. we ain't gonna tell it on the air, though. We'll take that to the my grave. man. My man. All right. Yes. All right. Thanks, Yancey. Okay, bro. Y'all have a good one. All right. That's awesome. And and it is uh, Steve McNair. May he rest in peace. But yeah, for mm-hmm. him to say that, you know, black and blue ankles, like there ain't no way he's gonna make it. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about Trevor being tough, and and that's what it takes to be able to be back out there. But a salute to not only like Steve McNair and Yancey, both HBCU oh, yeah. stars mm-hmm. played at Winston Salem State. So yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Good mm-hmm. stuff. I love that Sports Illustrated anecdote yeah. too. Yeah. That he gave. That's awesome. And obviously, you know, we've we've com- we've commiserated. Mm-hmm. We've discussed the Sports Illustrated's demise, but that's how powerful it was. That those moments mm-hmm. it just pulls at your heartstrings. It, yeah. it really was how powerful it was. That's for sure. All right, let's head into the one o'clock hour. We'll get back to your Jags. We'll get back to that report from WalterFootball.com. Some other news and notes. The AJ Brown saga. Not to mention, yes. I will give Florida credit for its big win on the road against Kentucky on the hardwood last night. We'll also keep you posted on the Senior Bowl. See plenty of you on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures with questions about which prospects are early leans for the four of us. I also see some of you who have submitted your thoughts for what you would gift Doug Peterson for his birthday. Oh, boy. This is XL Primetime. Grilling Up Lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. One o'clock hour has arrived. XL Primetime hanging out. Thanks for hanging out with us. Joe C., Mia O'Brien, Maddie Hayes, Big Surce, uh, and J.J. LaSelva still alive, at least as we currently sit. Now, we have got a big event coming up tomorrow. Leonard Truck Access. They have got a huge setup tomorrow. Act, uh, the Access and Trailer, part of their setup on Blanding Boulevard, is ready to host everybody. So Leonard's Truck, if you want to find us, find us on Blanding Boulevard tomorrow with a chance for you to win all sorts of goodies. They've got a register to win setup right now. How about sets of kids' fishing rods, spray and bed liner, $500 Leonard's gift certificate, kids' power wheel, Jeep, Coleman golf cart, valued at 8 thousand dollars it will be given away tomorrow it will be given away tomorrow so get there today or tomorrow and register What's the address again 
Mm-hmm. What's the address again? It is. I'm going to make sure I pull this up. 77? Can we enter? Can we enter to? Uh, we should be able to enter it. Uh, Let's find out if this guy can enter uh, our, our, our contest. We've got Chase Goodbread coming up here in just a few moments. But a, a Coleman golf cart, just think about it. You're just tooling around your neighborhood or whatever, wherever it might be, you've got a chance to win. Just go by and check out Leonard's. Truck access and trailers right there on Blanding Boulevard. We would love to see you. Now, we've been talking Senior Bowl. Chase Goodbread is a guy who is all over that stuff and primarily covers the Alabama Crimson Tide. Imagine, that's how big Alabama is, is that they send people to cover their team at the Senior Bowl. But anyway, we're going to try and get Chase on just to talk a little bit about the exodus of Saban in the entrance of Kalen DeBoer and just how the Alabama faithful have have reacted to it because it's – it's not easy saying goodbye to the saint, the god, the goat that is Nick Saban. And we will also be asking Chase about what has been the story in college sports, not college football, not college basketball, college sports today. The fallout from Brad Bohannon, yes, first name mm-hmm. Brad, former Alabama baseball coach, if you remember, who attempted to place a $100,000 wager on the LSU baseball team, or at least had a bookie who did at the BetMGM Sportsbook, wait for it, at the Cincinnati Reds Stadium, thousands of miles away in Ohio. Um, I mean, J.J., explain this story because it is just absolutely bonkers. So, yeah, he's a friend of the Alabama coach. So the Alabama coach was texting him, telling him, hey, we're about to scratch the starting pitcher against LSU. Nobody knows yet. I haven't even told LSU. The guy is at Cincinnati's baseball field. Like you said, he tries to place a $100,000 bet at a baseball stadium. A 15000 like minimum bet, Even too. a real casino, you know, like wouldn't even let you take a bet like no. that. So basically he makes a $15,000 bet, tries to make more. They're like turning him away because it's super obvious that something's up. And he proceeds to tell the sports book people, you guys have to let me take this bet. It's a for sure winner. Here's texts from the coach telling me they're scratching the pitcher. Like, this really happened. Yeah, and it's really hard to believe that someone can get someone else to take book on that. But, yeah, it does. It does happen. And where is the, you know, good old NCAA and compliance officers and, I don't know, Alabama's athletics department? I'll I'll make a prediction. They will look into this in 2035. Mm. They will be all over this bad boy. In twenty thirty five. He sounded like somebody that was desperate and but probably owed people money. He mm-hmm. had to make this money to pay off debts. Probably. Because if you go through that extreme to make that kind of bet and then say, Hey, listen, I got this information, he probably owed some people some money. And when you he talk, probably had some kneecaps on the line. Exactly. Yeah, when like you talk, just put like a, a a thousand on it or something. Right. When you talk that urgently about something, oh, yeah. yeah, you are trying to clear a a, a balance sheet, that's for sure. And uh ah. Wow, and and that's what that's how it goes. And we mentioned uh, with, with Butte, as I like to call him, uh, the, the wide receiver down in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Seventy what was it eighty nine hundred bets, nearly nine thousand bets. I don't know how big they were number wise, but the fact that they have zeroed in on that. Well, he bet on himself catching balls against Florida State and, <laughs> and lost. I mean, come on. Now. At least he bet the he over. Did, he did bet that. He did bet the over. Instead of like a guy trying to throw the game. Yeah. The fallout, by the way, um, the repercussions, 15-year show cause. That's -hmm. what Brad Bohannon will be reprimanded with Mm -hmm. by the NCAA. Basically, his career's over. Well, let me ask you the question. The Super Bowl's in Vegas, all right? Mm -hmm. What's the over-under on people getting in trouble, on the team 
getting There should be an over-under. It's funny you bring that up, Leon, because they actually posted a map of where the team hotel is. Mm-hmm. I'm not fam- sure how many of our nooners. I hope it's in the outskirts. Right, so I'm not sure oh, how many okay. of our nooners are familiar with the geography. You know how Henderson is you know, probably like, what, 10, 15 miles east mm-hmm. of Las Vegas? This resort, I believe it's a Westin. I, I don't forget which uh, resort exactly it is. It's further away. It's like in the mountains, like 35 miles outside smart. of the Strip. That's smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, brothels in there, too. Well, I mean, it's also, you know, you're out there I'm in the desert. I, I don't know. That's real. That's real. You get in trouble, what happens, man. It's, what happens in well, Vegas I'm just and the mountains that, stays I'm just telling, what happens I'm 35 you that, miles I'm, outside of I'm Vegas stays 35 miles. The fact miles. that it's in Vegas, <laughs> someone's going to get in trouble. Yeah, remember this now, and you know this because – Coaches are always paranoid about the possibility. The of Raiders player, trouble. remember him? Yeah. And so, well, I'm talking like any team, including TC's team when you were there, mm-hmm. they would take you to what they thought well, was the outermost, you know, they, the they, outpost. They tried to. They tried just to. to keep you from trouble. And this is on a regular game, and it still would happen. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, we were in Arizona, and there was still trouble to find in Arizona, right? Of all places. And when Bill Cower was the saying desert. to me, Bill Cower was saying to me, don't do anything that's going to embarrass yourself. Your organization, your teammates, or your family. Well, that basically eliminates anything. <laughs> yeah, stay in the There's room. No fun. That's no fun. Well, Barrett well, Robbins, yeah. by the way. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was I the mean, famous yeah, guy for the Raiders I, who like disappeared yeah. and they didn't know what the hell happened hey, to yeah. him. Hey, he I remember. I was across in, the border. I remember, Is it any different than the guy he? trying to sneak the girl in during COVID? Mm. A lot different. Mm. Oh, and in the bubble, the basketball. Oh yeah, bubble. the basketball yeah. bubble. Really. Yeah, that was Chicken Wing Man. Yeah, that was, oh, that was Lemon Pepper. <laughs> yeah. Lemon no, Pepper. actually, uh, that was a Seattle Seahawks was player. That was a Seahawks oh, player. Yeah, but Lemon trying, Pepper Lou. He was trying like, to. He was trying I thought to, Lou did it at the bubble No, as well. Lou was allowed to leave for his grandfather's funeral, but he actually went to Magic City. Magic City. Magic City. Magic City. Magic City. Magic City. Never Wing. forget. Hey, listen, Magic. And the Seahawks guy actually got and, her in the hotel. And, yeah. Yes. And fairness. Magic City Lemon Peppers are pretty good. <laughs> but then the NBA well, he's also bubble. long time ago when the, I used to be fair old, though, yeah. he's also probably like our boy yesterday, our Kane, who, you know BMO? Yeah, oh, BMO. When you yeah. get Brandon upset, Mary, you know. Brandon yeah. Brandon Mary. How do you deal with how do you deal with the losses? Hey, he said the best. Do you have the drop ready, JJ? I don't. He uh-huh. said that lots, does lots need to be sex. part of Damn it, JJ, that's what I was hoping to hear. Yeah. Our, right our XL primetime lore. That that definitely is still part of it. All right, now Chase Goodbread goes. He says Good luck. I'm driving through Mississippi, <laughs> so oh, I'm like, boy. all right. So we may we may be hosed on the on the good bread call, but at the same time, we'll try and get in touch with him. Uh, and and honestly, we were talking about some of the Senior Bowl things that we've seen, and there are definitely plenty of names that popped. Too many to keep track of. But Spencer Rattler is also drawing headlines, and some of them pluses, and some of them are minuses. Both of them are headlines. Measuring in a little over six foot, uh, and crediting his arm strength and whatnot, but also who he played against and who he played with was one of the negs for Spencer Rattler. He is one of the biggest wild cards going into the NFL. Matt, when you think about I think about, he could be really good. He is like, When really he gets good. hot, he's hot. Well, he's just they couldn't protect hot. him for two years. I understand. I understand. He's got an arm, man. He's got a little Mahomes in him. He mm-hmm. does. And, and if nothing else, what Baker was able to do this year – kind of coming back and, and reclaiming a little bit of his quarterback reputation. Right. That actually will help Spencer Rattler some. But he he's an enigma, as my buddy Dicko would say. I don't know who Spencer Rattler is football He gets on the like, right team. Next level. Like maybe late in the first round. Maybe the Vikings. You think first not, round for Rattler? I would Rattler? not draft Spencer Rattler in the top three round. All I know is 
Somebody's going to love him. That's number one. Someone will love him, especially after the Senior Bowl and especially after the Combine. Someone's going to love him. There's, there are people right now that think – I've talked to two different scouts that have said they think six quarterbacks go in the first round. Mm-hmm. In, the first round. in the yeah, first round. And that's hard. They right, always so Let's they try to come up with the six, by the way. Yeah. So we obviously know the top three. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Michael Penix, Bo Nix. Yep. Yeah, so you got to have – And then Rattler. And Rattler. Yeah. So what about they, McCarthy? And McCarthy. Yeah, there you go. J.J. would be the sixth. Because <clears throat> J.J.'s been mocked anywhere from, like, say, 20 to 35, maybe mm-hmm. 20 to 40, you know, something in that neighborhood. But McCarthy is the guy because of – and I don't agree with this. Just because you won a national championship doesn't mean you should be elevated stock-wise, especially when he didn't lead the charge. It was run game and defense that True. led the charge for Michigan. He is a – he looks like he's a good quarterback, but is he good enough to step up to the next level? And run the show. Mm-hmm. He's pretty good, man. Wow, He's pretty come talented. On. I will tell you this too: is I mean, Rattler was projected number one overall in 2021. Mm-hmm. You remember uh, that? Laughable. And lost his and lost his job. Yeah, laughable. To Caleb Williams. Yeah. I'm not saying not laughable. Right. I'm just saying there were scouts who believed he was going to be the first pick in the draft. Right. It, it's funny these these. All so, it takes is one, Joe. I know that. It just takes that. one. I know that. <laughs> There's one Dave Caldwell out there for everybody. Okay. I'm sorry, Dave. But I just that it, it, there is somebody that will fall in love, and I just I don't see it right now in Spencer Rattler. So since we did bring up him, and let's at least look at some of the SEC prospects. We mentioned FSU a couple days ago, as far as where Jared Verse and Keon Coleman and some of these guys can go. Let's look around some of the other SEC schools. Uh, we have some dogs fans that say you need to be talking about the dogs. Their stock going up at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, it's been that way for a while. <laughs> I know they want specifics, so we'll yeah. dive into some of those specifics. Uh, we also see 716 looking for Leon's opinion, and you're not the first on Jackson Powers Johnson, who is among those players who has opted out of the rest of the Senior Bowl, although there's some reports that could be injury-related for some of those others. They feel like they put out enough tape, and then they say, I'm going to rest myself the rest of the way. So we will get you updated on all of those news and notes and some of our favorites so far from the first three practices of the Senior Bowl coming up next on XL Primetime. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. 22 minutes past the 1 o'clock hour. It's time. Let's get into it. Draft talk. The Senior Bowl is on the TV here at 1010XL headquarters. I know in these parts we hear draft talk and we think, oh, no, we can't get to No, it's time. It is time. So let's go. Um, we'll begin with some of those SEC names that Joe was alluding to, especially on the Georgia side. Uh, Matt, I, I think Lad McConkey is a guy I know I personally joked about how he and Stetson Bennett would win every member guest at the Sea Isle Golf Club for the next 45 years if they opted to do so. Um, but he's turning heads at the Senior Bowl as more than just a slot receiver. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly playing well. But I, I, you have to caution everybody for this, okay? This is – it's early in the week, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, this is a small part of the entire four-month process for these guys. It's way more important what they do at their pro days. It's way more important what they do in interviews. It's way more important what they do at the combine. This is fun. This is good and everything, okay? But if you remember, Justin Herbert struggled early in the week at the Senior mm-hmm. Bowl. Then was the MVP of the game and the MVP of practices by the end of the week. So there's a lot that goes on. Like right now, Bo Nix has apparently had a bad day yesterday. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on there. And the other thing that you're saying uh, that I agree with is that we take – 
uh, micro moments and we make them yeah, huge. Yeah, we, we make I mean, them macro. But well, I'm, I'm I'm looking. I mean, I I agree with you. In in some in some resort, I I, I agree with you that it's just just one practice with. But this is the first time these players are going to have um, an interaction with professionals. Yeah, and and, and it's it's going to be like it's like a business trip. So I mean, first impressions is always lasting impressions. I mean, you're going to get the opportunity to meet your position guy, you're no going question, to meet your head coach, and that's, and your GM, that's, that's and all what, that kind of stuff. That's what a scout stressed to me yeah. yesterday. It's people focus too much on what happens on the field when the reality is, it's they really look at the management of it all by a player. You're managing now that you are a professional now. Yep. You're managing the week. How do you deal with the week? Are you on time to meetings? All that stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you manage the interviews? Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the play on the field is actually secondary because they realize you're just throwing a bunch of guys together and you're saying, all right, let's run this. But the and, one, there's no, and there's no chemistry among no anybody. Yeah. Yeah. The, one, the one good thing about that compared to the combine is that you are putting them in game situations. You are stressing them on the practice field. And there's a different kind of stress when you go to the combine. I totally get it. Same thing, mentally, interview room. You, are, you walk in as your own corporation when you mm-hmm. do that. But at the same time, in this situation, hey – this is it. This is the state. You have been hurled onto the stage. How are you going to handle it? And there are there are one-on-one drills. There's team uh, situations. I, I love it. People always wonder why the quarterbacks struggle in this in, this week and why they struggle in the game. Like, you never see a quarterback really have a great game mm-hmm. because the five guys in front of them are literally thrown together for a week. Yeah, very true. There's, the guy snapping them no, the ball they met five minutes ago. Right. Yeah, there's no chemistry in the offensive line. Right, but here's the thing. I do remember when, Nothing. We, when we went to uh, – to Mobile to the Senior Bowl, Justin Herbert stood out. Yeah, early he struggled though. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But early but, he's with first but, day or so he struggled, and all yeah, of a sudden but, it was boom. Then all of a sudden he, it kind of clicked, and we yeah. was like, and that is a little chemistry, just working yeah. in a short amount of time, getting mm-hmm. to know certain guys, speed wise, whatever the type of route that you want to throw the football to a certain. And guy you put on. through a little stress because, I mean, you're given the playbook, and you're you're given the playbook, and you're, you're told to, to learn it within a week's time, and then go out there and execute it at a high level. That's why I think that the practices. Uh, the individual practices where they compete against each other are probably even more important than the game itself. Yeah. A couple more dogs before we look at some positions of need for the Jaguars as well. Um, two defensive backs for Georgia. One of them was just being interviewed on the NFL Network and Javon Bullard, who was, many people forget, the defensive MVP of the 2023 national title game. Tyke Smith is a guy – I pronounced that right. It is Tyke. Yes, I, I always look at it and I'm like, I did pronounce it right, right? Um a guy that I've seen mocked on day three, Matt, but I know in talking to Dogs fans, they're a little bit higher on him. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. DBs are, to me, I think corners and, and safeties are the toughest guys to evaluate because they all can run for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's what kind of what what kind of chase speed you have. You know, can you can you mirror routes? It's so it's so difficult to see. Like you think in the college game, you're like, yeah, I think this guy. He's going to project well to the NFL, and he doesn't. And it's the hips, man. It's, it's all about it's, the hips. It's, it's fluidity. Yeah, it's all that stuff, man. It's just. And the other part is, do they play the ball? Okay? Yes, because, of course. Yeah, and you're going. And, Can you go up and get it in the air? Can you knock it down? Yeah. It, it's a good debate, and we and there's no guarantee of this because we've seen great college players not turn into great NFL players, or vice versa. So maybe average or slightly above average college player turn into a really, really good yeah. – there's no guarantee. But there is also no question that the step up in talent that they faced, that you faced, whoever it was from college to pro, 
It is tenfold in terms of what your challenge is. You know, you know, is. How, many, you know how many of those corners in the draft run four four forties? I mean, almost all yeah. of them. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's all but, the other stuff that but, gets you, like you're saying. And, and here's the thing: is that it's do you know how to cover? Like Campo says this all the time. Kevin Smith wasn't a burner. He knew how to cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Larry Brown wasn't a burner. He 12, knew how to cover. 12th round draft pick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so, Georgia's got some names. You wouldn't know what Georgia should be celebrating, and this is worth a round of applause. This is straight from Brett McMurphy. Uh, Georgia will begin serving beer at home football games. Oh, wow. Fall. That's okay. deserved of that almost. That is what they should be celebrating right now. Uh, they've, they've got it going on, but now they're going to uh, – like, what took you so long? Ugga. Does Florida? Yeah. Yeah. No, don't yeah. don't don't bring up. Y'all into don't. This. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do. Just Uga not. dies, and now they want yeah. to sell beer. Not throughout Come the on whole now. area, but that's what it's all about. Is it you can? So where can you buy a beer at Florida? In the end zone area, and you have to have you know whatever certain ticket status. Of course, you have to be a rich person. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. Mm. You know, it's a little. I think it is. That, it's not put right? labels on people. Well, right? isn't it like I don't think that me and you can just buy like a regular seat and no. go get a beer. And that's why George is leading the way once yes. again. But yeah, it's just it's it's a matter of. You're just seeing more and more of it in college arenas, college stadiums, and it's just part of it. You got to be a dignitary to get a beer in, in games. Not What's really. going on? I'm a little not concerned about the, the game. This all we will not be having beers yeah. at the game nah. next week. Next, are year, you going to yeah. care about a beer when you're up like twenty four three in the third quarter? <laughs> not board? at all. Right. So I'm going to care down, about a beer though. when they're down. I'm going to care about walking, walking in there. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So that it does, all right, so, doesn't matter. True. Speaking of the Gators, Ricky Pearsall, speaking of Lad McConkey, who turned heads so far the, for, through the first three days of senior bowl practices, Ricky Pearsall is another guy who also has impressed from what I've seen scouts, from reporters, boots on the ground. And it was funny because I, I came into work this morning and Taylor Dahl, of course, after doing a wonderful job filling in for Dan and Jeff on the morning show, was doing some draft prep herself. And she looks at me and she goes, all right, would you comp Ricky Pearsall she goes, I know this is crazy. Ricky Pearsall to Chris Olave. And I said, well, my question is, Matt, Leon, Joe, mm-hmm. Ricky Pearsall, Lab McConkey, Roman Wilson of Michigan. All three guys have gotten rave reviews at the Senior Bowl. All three guys predominantly play in the slot. But there's an argument to be made that because of the system around them, not in the case of Lab McConkey. Don't worry, Georgia fans. But in the case of Ricky Pearsall at Florida and then Roman Wilson, especially at Michigan, that they never were really asked to take the top off because of how the offense is designed. And so those three, from what I've seen, have basically been the most consistent in Mobile this week. And so I'm curious, how do you decipher, okay, these guys were asked to do one thing in college, but I think they can do more at the next level? I mean, it's I don't think you can pigeonhole a guy as a slot guy either. I just don't. I, I think Roman Wilson has the ability to go outside. Um, Pearsall really played well this year at Florida. I, I think he has good tape. He can clearly run. He can clearly go get the ball. Yeah, and he's and now he's showing it at the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, when you're when you're drafting receivers, a lot of these teams they, they just want guys that can get open, separate, and catch the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean. It, it, Again, we like I said this about the corners. Everybody can run. Can you it's, catch the ball? Right, it's, it's the te- most underrated thing of all. Can you yeah. catch the ball? Yeah, it's technique, and 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 you're big enough. Okay, the measurables of uh, I can look at one big man who is 
in Leon's case, 6'3", 305, 6'3 and a half, right? Yeah. 6'3 and a half. Let's half. make sure we get that right. Give me the hook. Yeah, 6'3 and a half, uh, around 305 when he's you know coming into the league. Uh, and one guy has great feet, great strength, great leverage, great technique, all the stuff that you're referring to, and the other guy just gets pan- uh, run over. Just get, you know, He gets pancaked every single time. So that's – it's it's all it's so technique. much – I'm telling you right now, man, and her members told, told me this like about three years ago, and I'll never forget it. He said the guys, and Lee and I guarantee will agree with me, the guys who last in the league are the guys who are smart between the years. Mm-hmm. Because you can have all that stuff. You yeah. can be you can be 6'3", 195 receiver. You can run 4'2", <laughs> yeah. 9. If, you don't, if your football IQ isn't there, right. it doesn't matter. You're not going to last long in the league. That's why I always like to say software and hardware. It, it, they both matter. They really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's important to hit at that right now, though, JJ, just to set the record straight, okay? That just Happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I will describe Lauren as a diehard Gator fan. I will not give away her level status uh, as a Gator booster. She simply says, everybody in the stadium can have beer in the swamp. Doesn't matter where you are, and I'm thanking Lauren for pointing that out. We had about 15 people yeah. on the text line. Just, it, like, blew up as we yeah. said this, And I'm too. like, okay, if I could just get one shot up to the Gator press fans box. are just ready for yeah. a fight, yeah. man. They're like, no, what? Joe, anyone yeah. can buy beer. Yeah. I, so, I, Leon, look, you're going to be okay for the uh, Miami no, game. Right. I nice, admit that, good. you know, where I'm at, I did not know. I just knew yeah. I knew you could have it. I just didn't know you could have it everywhere. Mm. And I know that when you it's look at me new. Yeah, these – well, no, it's, it's actually I'm, – I'm, I'm thinking it's been a little bit of time, so I'm glad that she pointed that out. So thank you to all uh, that, that let us know. But, yeah, little by little, you're obviously seeing more and more arenas and more and more stadiums that are allowing beer everywhere. It's not just in the club area, the Sunshine, Touchdown, Seats area, whatever. It doesn't matter. And so that part's good because they're bringing in some cold Bud Lights, which I'm all about as far as that goes. All right, so we're going to try Chase Goodbread one more time. He says this is a better part of Mississippi. So we'll see what he has to say about some of some of the, some of the the not fallout, but just the the feeling around T Town uh, now that Nick has left and uh, KDB is putting down stakes. Let's ring up another guest on the All Pro Roofing phone line. One of the good dudes covering the good sport, college football. Chase Goodbread, formerly of Jacksonville, and now up there in T Town, Tuscaloosa News, as he joins us now. Chase, uh, somewhere in Mississippi, but better cell service. What is up? How are you? Good, good. How are y'all? Always a little dangerous buzzing through these parts. <laughs> it's true, because we know, like, you could just hear the either the state or the area code or whatever. You, you know it's going to be a little sketchy, but let's at least get you to touch on a couple of things, because you did make your way to uh, Senior Bowl uh, in Mobile and back. Uh, I want to get an idea, first and foremost, about the town of Tuscaloosa and at least what you observe. Just talking to people, covering Nick Saban stepping down before we even get to Kalen DeBoer. Just what was it like? You know, I've told a a few people who have asked, you know, how it hit me. I was not shocked, but I was surprised, Mm -hmm. right? That's two different things. You can't be shocked on the one hand. Uh, 72 years old, um, and, and a couple of signs uh, for sure, including the purchase of a $17 million home in, on Jupiter Island in the off season. Uh, that's that's a pretty penny for a summer home, right? So it's it's not like there wasn't at least a, a signal or two. At the same time, he you know appeared to be full on, energetic as always. <laughs> always looks to be in, in, in good health, et cetera. Those standpoints, 
you had to be surprised, right? So I just kind—I kind of just fell in between shock and surprise that way. With regards to the hiring process to get to Kalen DeBoer, we'll get to the fallout of the transfer portal and what the roster looks like now in just a second, Chase. But the immediate aftermath, how Alabama handled the news, Nick Saban, does he just walk in and say, this is it? He has the meeting with his team. He has the meeting with his coaching staff. Where Alabama goes from there in hiring his successor, did you think there was an infrastructure in place? Or was this, hey, all right, all hands on deck. We've got about a week, and we got to figure this out quick. No, this did not come as a shock to Greg Byrne. Uh, that that was obvious. There had been communication between Saban and, and Greg Byrne uh, for for some time. Exactly how much time, uh, not altogether clear. But Byrne uh, had the search wheels and mo- ready. The, the search wheels were kind of already greased. We'll put it that way. He knew where he was going right away. All right, Chaser. Um, I still can't figure out, for the life of me, the the, the pushback on the hire. I mean, I mean, you you literally got a guy who's won twenty five of his twenty eight games as a Power Five coach, led his team to a national championship game. To me, the hire's it's a phenomenal hire, and I know he's not an SEC guy. I know he's not from this area, but guess what? Urban Meyer wasn't from the SEC either. Um, it, it's odd to me the pushback. Is there is there that? Are you seeing that kind of pushback among the fan base as well, or no? Honestly, not. Um, are there some fans out there that, that thumb, you know, put a thumbs down on? I'm sure there were. I, I probably saw, a, you know, a few fans do that. But as a groundswell of sentiment, I don't see it. Um, you know, I, I think first of all, who who are you going to get this better? Yeah. Right. That that, that that's. That's one argument, certainly, that can be made. And you could argue Kiffin, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so, but but I, I think, and I think that's probably coming from older Alabama fans who um, are big on SEC guys for recruiting reasons. Mm-hmm. But you know what, Matt? The, those, those days are kind of gone now, right? I, I mean, the way NIL has taken over, Forget your recruiting ties. Forget the high school. Forget the relationship you built with this high school coach, or that, or that kid, or that kid's family. All that's out the window now. You 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 write a big enough check, you get the player. Um. So, does it? I mean, I I, I think the whole SEC ties thing is gone. Is it, it's it used to matter? It used to mean something. Now I don't think it does. Now, Chase, are you surprised that a predecessor wasn't in place, kind of like with Bobby Bowden and Jimbo, you know, when Bobby decided to, you know, take a leave and retire, you know, Jimbo was in place? Or, I mean, because you had so many of your sisters cherry-picked from all the schools, maybe there wasn't anybody in particular that uh, they could have preceded Nick Saban. Yeah, I, I think probably the only guy Saban's ever had as an assistant in Alabama who could have and or would have gone into a uh, an agreed upon coach and waiting status and then and then take it would have been Kirby Smart. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think I think Alabama would have been on board with that. I think Saban would have been on board with that. I think there was a time when Kirby would have been on board with that. But it, it never it never came to pass. I, I think that was probably probably the only coach and waiting uh possibility that that's ever existed since Saban's been coaching in Alabama. 
We're talking with Chase Goodbread at, at Chase Goodbread on X. And, of course, Tuscaloosa News, you can check him out covering uh, all things Bama, including the gambling, which we will get into <laughs> before you're done. But the, the gamble uh, in the transfer portal is real, Chase. And coaches know that every single day you almost have to re-recruit a player by player. It's just nuts. Uh, but what, in your mind, were the wins and losses for Kalen DeBoer? In other words, uh, if you give him a, 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 an A for keeping guys, how much do you give him for losing guys? You know, it, it, it's hard to hammer anybody wherever they're, whatever the situation. Brand new coach, it's hard to hammer any of them for uh, for for losing players and a lot of them because they come in with no control. Um, you know, agents are in these kids' ears nonstop, even when there's not a coaching change. Just gets turned up to a hundred when there is. So, no, no one's no one's going to have great retention. I, I think. I think the Michigan situation might be a little bit of an exception, right, with them hiring from within with Sharon Moore. Um, not to mention they lost; they've already lost ten offensive starters from the national championship team, having nothing to do with transfers. That's just that's just guys out of eligibility, graduating seniors, and uh, mm-hmm. and draftables. Uh, so um, Michigan maybe is 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 going to uh, do well in that regard. Better than Alabama, certainly. Alabama lost arguably its best defensive player to Ohio State, Caleb Downs. That was the biggest. Uh, that was the biggest blow for sure for DeBoer. And and of course the window's not even closed yet. There's there's another week or so while you know that Alabama players can can still leave if they want to. Although I think we've seen most or most or all of it come to pass already by now. As we mentioned, Chase Goodbread is driving somewhere around Mississippi. Uh, Senior Bowl this week and route back and route to the Senior Bowl, Chase? Heading back. Okay, heading back. I'm trying to do my geography in my head there. Uh, So, big picture. I know, obviously, you were locked in on the Tide prospects. One that I'm super curious about is, of course, Chris Chris Braswell, not the Christian Braswell the Jaguars already have on their roster, the nickel corner here, but, of course, the edge rusher. A couple other guys, including Will Reichert, who I know, Nick Saban, more faith in him than perhaps most of his roster over the last few years. Uh, big picture, what did you see from those prospects in Mobile? I thought a boy would look good, the defensive end, uh, who's uh, a fifth-year player. He ended up at Alabama for five years, had a neck injury his junior year that, that was uh, – pretty serious cost him the rest of that season they were able to put him back on the field as a senior and he had his best year I, I thought just in terms of turning heads uh he was he he probably had his although will Riker banged a field goal from like 58 60 yards uh they got caught on video so I, i'm sure that caught a couple of eyes too but braswell um is definitely the the highest rated draft prospect among those three I don't think, uh, you know, I I didn't get a whole lot of feedback on him one way or another, but scouts know what he can do. It's all on the the tape for him. I'm interested to see what he does at the combine. I've I've heard, um, you know, he he was, he's uh, put up some pretty freaky numbers and combine like testing. Um, So we'll see what happens there, but he's a powerful guy. Reminds me of Courtney Upshaw, if you remember him from Alabama. A, yeah. More of a bull, more of a bull rusher than an edge speed guy, but just really, really strong. He can he can drive tackles right into quarterbacks' laps. That's that's kind of his game. And he weighed two fifty seven, already a pretty big kid. And you know, Courtney Upshaw actually ended up being a nose guard. I think at the end of his NFL career, he just kept getting bigger and bigger. 
Chase, are you near Yazoo City by any chance? I uh, hadn't seen a sign for it. Nah, not really. Why? Bro, there's a place called Piro's Mudbugs. Oh my god. I do yeah. love Mudbugs. Oh my god, bro. If you if you if you're close, seriously, if you're like yeah. 20 miles, 30 miles, just do it as a day trip. It's my god, it's <laughs> it's worth. Hey, it. um so Jalen Milrow under Kalen DeBoer. Clearly the hope is he becomes the type of development that he got out of Michael Penix Jr. when Michael Penix Jr. left Indiana and went to went to Washington. What do right. they do as far as the guys behind him? Like, I mean, if you can't be in a situation where if Jalen Miller goes down, you've got nothing else. Do you do you expect them to add another quarterback and after the spring portal? Well, they already added uh, one from Washington, a kid named Austin Mack, who was a freshman at Washington last year. He was a young kid who reclassified. I think he was only seventeen, crazy young. Um, as a and, and he a big recruit too then. Yeah, yeah, he's like six six and two thirty, though. Really big kid, and and DeBoer just said yesterday at the Senior Bowl that that he's uh, he's he picked up Washington's offense as a seventeen year old redshirt last year, way way faster than the staff thought any kid that young possibly could. So there's there's some excitement about him, and Ty Simpson decided to stick around, the backup from last year. He didn't transfer. I don't think he's going to jump in the portal. Uh, here while that window's still open. So, uh, you know, they lost the five-star recruit to Ohio State, Julian Sayan, but uh, the number two and the number three, Dylan Lonergan, uh, at least for now, they, they're all coming back too. So that's what it looks like. All right, so before we say goodbye and you had to go get some of those mud bugs, uh, did you ever, like, run a sports book and take a bet from Bohannon uh, over $15,000, Chase? <laughs> I just cannot believe uh, what I read today from that NCAA report on how they got caught and what went down when they got caught. That's just, it's, it is, you, you, you couldn't go to Hollywood. The Hollywood would tell you no one's that stupid. If you tried to, if you tried, if you tried to make a movie out of it. Did you know him at all, Bohannon? No. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I I talked, you know, I made a couple press conferences, maybe, right, but we right. we definitely did we did, definitely didn't have a a relationship to speak of. You know how it is up here, man. Yeah. It, it's ninety eight ninety eight percent football, and I shouldn't say that because the basketball gets more of a share than that. But ninety five percent. Yeah. So so there what what happens real quick from here, just in terms of looking in, like do another, in other words, do a forensic scrub of the athletics program to make sure nothing like this happens. Uh, hit, hit me with that question one more time. Is there a forensic scrub in the athletic department to make sure nothing like this happens? You know, the, it's a good question. I think, I think part of what, what uh, Alabama agreed to do as, as part of their actions on this thing is, is to um, get with, get with one of these uh, sports wagering monitoring firms that essentially act as uh, cops for it. So, you know, that's all, you know, and you, but as a, as an institution, as a, as a college, really all you, I would assume all they can really do themselves is, is educate, you know, I guess, I guess be diligent anytime you hear of a bad tip or something. But for something like sports betting, I, I, I think it's—I think the third-party policing is really the way anybody has to go. 
And it is how others have been hatched uh, as far as finding out. So, all right, good stuff, dude. Appreciate the time and the good uh, cellular uh, signal there in Mississippi. Safe travels, and we will talk to you soon. All right, enjoy it, y'all. All right, at Chase Goodbread on X and then Tuscaloosa News up there covering Bama roll tide roll. That's not his direct quote. That's Destiny's direct quote. But Chase has been doing a great job. It wasn't, de- it wasn't Destiny's either, by the way. It was Mike Price's. It was Mike Price. <laughs> I think they said it together. Honestly, I do. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was she. It wasn't her anyway. It was someone. It was another dancer Listen, again, that said you, "Roll Tide," and he said, "It's rolling, baby." Yeah, you let facts get in the way of these. I mean, I, I like that part. You let facts that get in the part way. I like. <laughs> okay, so have you guys ever heard of those companies that like watch out for them gambling? I, I didn't the even know dogs. they existed. Well, I'm like, we need to hire one of those for Joe. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that he, you know, doesn't overstep his. You know, you know what they come back with after they did their investigation? They said, "How does he keep losing?" This guy <laughs> with his parlays, man. Oh, the teaser. I do man. know, and I, I don't think we got to share this earlier. I think it might have been last week, but the uh, investigation into Iowa and Iowa State with yeah. the gambling probe there. It basically was like an Iowa government employee who basically decided. I'm going to go like put a probe on all of the athletic facilities at the two universities. And he went to a supervisor and he was like, you can't do that without a warrant. And mm-hmm. he said, well, I'm going to anyways. And then when stuff turned Citizens up. Citizens arrest. Right, yeah. exactly. Literally, that's essentially what he's claiming now. And it's funny because I, I would think like Vegas in, in sports books, if you, are, if you are wagering on a legal site that, is, that the state laws have passed and allowed uh, – Florida just barely becoming one of them now, so they'll probably have to keep an eye on it. But the bottom line is I would think there are fail-safes in those systems where they can at least see number of transactions, where they're coming from, and and I guess maybe some safeguards. But, yeah, you probably have to dig pretty deep. And then after a while, as we get ready to say goodbye to Surge, when one dude has, I don't know, 8,900 bets, it does pop up if it's coming from the same Red flag. On, on on perhaps a campus, it, it probably does uh, pop up with that uh, the pin uh, in the GPS. Uh, all right, Big Source, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right. Uh, go have fun, and then we will see you manana, and mm-hmm. we will be at Leonard USA Trucks Access and Trailers right there on Blanding Boulevard, so mm-hmm. we'll see you tomorrow. 7739 Blanding Boulevard. They have all sorts of giveaways. You can register today, tomorrow, and all these great giveaways include a golf cart valued at eight thousand dollars. Yeah, I think Big Sur's trying to win that. Yeah, yeah. Are we so, allowed? Are, I we, don't know. are we allowed to enter? Because I may try too. Yeah, get one of us to get somebody else to put their name in that. That's why we need you out there, Nooners. <laughs> yeah. Don't let us win it. So head to Blanding Boulevard today because the registration uh, to win box is right there, ready to go. But we will be there from noon to three tomorrow. Leonard USA Trucks Access and Trailers. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Two o'clock hour, just busting on in, coming at you fast. Hopefully you're getting everything done. Get ready to enjoy a Thursday afternoon into the evening. XL Primetime will be on the road tomorrow. Leonard USA Trucks right there on Blanding Boulevard with a chance for you to win a lot of great prizes, including a beautiful golf cart. So make sure you make plans about this time or earlier to drop on by and say hey to us, Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Sirs, and JJ. We've been cranking it out. We need to get back to some Super Bowl talk, and uh, I'm going to I'm gonna just basically take a look at the storylines. And, yes, I come at it from a betting point of view. I can't help it. But uh, just take a look at the storylines 
And, you know, from this week to next, we'll probably ask ourselves the question, have we changed our mind on who we like in this ballgame? Uh, early lean, and in some cases, a permanent lean in this room uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs side, uh, Pat Mahomes. Uh, but the line still is not going in his direction. It's still showing him as an underdog. Point, point and a half. But that, again, two. what did we say? He's 10-0-1 in neutral site and road games, mm -hmm. according to ESPN bet, as a, tr just, as, as a true underdog. Yeah, just quit. That, why does Vegas keep walking us into this? Oh, wait, I know. Um, speaking of ESPN, they just posted a photo on their social channels. Mm -hmm. Apparently, when they built Allegiant Stadium back in, what, 2018, 20, whenever it was? Mm-hmm. One of the lead construction guys was a Chiefs fan and buried a Chiefs kingdom flag <laughs> yeah. under the stadium. Oh, my God. Yeah. It all's adding up, yeah. man. Yeah. Now, Taylor have you Swift heard the crazy and, you know. Chiefs story about the the doctor who no, uh, it was no. like a week 18 game or week 17 game or something. He's a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. All his friends are over, and something happened. They don't know what yet. Oh, yes, I but did hear this. But all of them died I, all right, hang on now. outside. I, yeah, Wait, I, I know all about I the story. I did hear this. I did not know he was a doctor. Yeah, he's an HIV doctor. So they're saying that they think potentially he could have been, like, testing out a drug cocktail. Like, hey, guys, let's get high. I made, some, I made something new. I just imagine. And they all took it. They died. And he was in the house. And it took him like two days. Yes. Till someone came over and finds all these bodies outside frozen to death. Yeah. And he claims, the Kansas City Chiefs fan doctor, that he was asleep. Yeah, they and did it. For two days. Yeah, two days. They did it. He did a welfare check. When the cops come to get him, he yeah. comes outside. In like a bathrobe with a glass of wine, and he's like, he's like, what's uh, going on, guys? Yeah, oh, I, I, what you need to? Ch uh, no, they're not here. <laughs> I don't uh, know where they well, are. Let's look around, and then they go to the backyard and they find them. And all I could picture was they did a massive amount of gummies to watch football. It's got to be drugs around a fire pit. Yeah. out in what was regarded then as minus thirty-one degrees wind chill. Fall asleep, and and he said at some point, like you're talking about. I didn't realize he was a doctor. At some point, mm -hmm. he said, "I'm going to bed, y'all." <laughs> To bed. I'm out. I'm done. I'm tapped. And he goes to bed and then never, ever look back out. That's a scary I just love how yeah. him being a Chiefs fan is now linked to, I mean, I know they were watching the game, but still. it's Dude, you have got to watch. It's a Super watch, Bowl story. Right. It's, it's a Super Bowl story now. You've got to watch the burbs, bro. That's all I'm telling you. You've got to watch <laughs> the burbs. It's just an it old. It does seem like something out of a movie. Classic. It really does because can you, like, that's some potion type of stuff. Uh I, I didn't realize he was a doctor. Yeah, so he could have cooked up a cocktail. Dr. Kevorkian. Yeah, he could have cooked up a, a cocktail for him. All right, so. HIV scientist, sorry. Okay. Not a doctor, a scientist. Um, speaking uh, of. Hiv big difference. Yes. Speaking okay. of disgrace. Huge difference. Disgrace Chiefs fans. I'm assuming you know about Chief Sahalik. Mm-hmm. The, the guy who dresses in, like, the, the wildebeest or a hus I don't even know what the costume is at Chiefs yeah, We've games. all seen him. Yeah. So, apparently, he robbed the bank or he ran into the bank right. or something like that. And so, I, I still can't get over Chris Jones, apparently, telling the team when they were getting on the plane to go to Baltimore, we all need to wear black because we're going to rob the bank as an M&T bank. Like we're Chiefsaholic. <laughs> Travis Kelsey shared that on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. I love that. And it's just 
<laughs> it, it, it writes itself. And, and by the way, just just the, the Kelsey gift of telling stories, both him and Jason, they are going to be superstars. And that's why, like, you know, J.J. says, like, maybe his his one hope is Andy Reid retires and then Bill Belichick takes that job and that's how he doesn't have to die because he put his life on Bill Belichick having a job. I think it's more likely Travis Kelsey says goodbye mm-hmm. if they win the Super Bowl next Sunday. He's looked so good the last game. Like, last week he looked great, though. Yeah, and they, apparently – I would have been on your side with that until the Baltimore He game. did break the curse. But J.J. He, he had a serious slump buster. He's in uh, love. And he, he broke the curse. He is he's in, in love. love. Oh, he is. And he's, like, probably ready to settle down. He's, like, looking at his brother with three kids. And... Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just telling no. you that that's why he's going to quit. Yeah, he's going to quit because okay. it's, he's done. He's, he's going to make a swift it. decision to step oh, away from the game. I do have other tight end news, yeah. oh, let's which go. is very nice. Um, tight end for that team I just mentioned, the Baltimore Ravens, who lost. Oh, yes. Oh, this is a great story. Go yeah, for it, he uh, – what's his name? Andrews. Mark Andrews. So he's on a flight, and someone starts to have a seizure, and this just happened. And I guess he's diabetic, mm-hmm. and people didn't know what to do, and he takes his little diabetes test kit or whatever and is able to save the lady until they land and were able to give her medical help. So, And the bigger question remains, though, why was Mark Andrews flying economy on Southwest? <laughs> Like, everybody wants to talk about Because God puts him there for a reason. Right. To and, save exactly that right. lady. And that's what everyone's saying. Like Todd and God Mon- gave him a rookie contract, too. So. Todd, Munkin, Todd Munkin was looking out for this yeah. woman in his awful Very play Very much calling. how he's like, he's talking a lot about God now, that he knows his oh, time's yeah. running out. He'll <laughs> see him sooner than later. His little, uh, I'm bet my life on it. I yeah. like that, though. Todd Munkin was so bad at play calling. Lamar was such a terrible quarterback on Sunday that – it was just because of this. Because if knew. he was in the Super Bowl, he could have never been there to save her, da da da. Yep. All right, let's do a little love perfecto as we stay on the uh, Super Bowl conversation from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Perfecto! See if you can get perfecto on this question. Pacifico found in Baja and ported by surfers for those who live life, anchors up. You can get a delicious, cold Pacifico. Uh, Takalu, among many other places. I'm just looking at the Takalu chips right now, so that made me think of them. All right, so here's what we've got. More Brock Purdy lore, all right? The 49ers are perfect with Brock Purdy under center versus NFC playoff teams, okay? They beat the Cowboys, Buccaneers, Eagles, Rams, Packers, and now the Lions. So he is 6-0 and versus NFC playoff teams. So if he does that, he's now in elite company. A clean sweep beating those playoff teams either during the regular season or in the postseason. Name the last quarterback to do that from any team. The last quarterback to sweep every playoff team in his conference between wow. the regular and postseason. Uh, well, Tom Brady did go Yeah, you think undefeated. about that Giants game, yeah. but he lost to the Giants. Right, so they have to have won the Super Bowl. Yeah, that would make sense. Right. Because right now Brock's already 6-0. and Last quarterback to do this. I mean, it's got to be – no, not Mahomes. I'm going to go Stafford. That's a good one. This is – I have no idea. I'm going to go difficult. with – because I think it's a Niner-Raven tie maybe. Joe Flacco? Mm. 
2013. Sweeping every playoff team in his conference between the regular and postseason. What was the Falcons' record? No, but they, they didn't win the Super Bowl. Oh, but he just said in yeah, their he, conference. Yeah, you don't so have they to, don't you have don't have to win, the win the Super Bowl. Okay, so yeah. then, yeah. Well, it could have been the Pats. Yeah, 6-0. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to be safe and say Tom Brady then. Mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. Giants' year. All right, so uh, this is a good question. I like it. It is obviously a little vague because you got to sit there and kind of rattle through your brain, and it's not easy to do that. So we leave other people uh, to these, uh, you know, to uh, to do the research for us. And this is one more reason this guy reminds you of that guy. Mm. Fair or not, he is the first quarterback since Joe Montana in oh 1984 to sweep every playoff team in his conference. <laughs> Think about how long that has been, and it was Joe Montana. So, hey, you never know. He the, could su- the stars are aligning, yep. and I don't just mean Taylor Swift. Yep, he could be the next. And, I again, I'm on the other side of this. I got to go Mahomes. Uh, but Brock Purdy may be destined to be that next great quarterback to make you forget about Tom Brady and Joe Montana. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. XL Primetime rolled until 3 o'clock this afternoon. Francis show coming up. We mentioned the big Gators win. There was also a big win for UNF over Lipscomb. Uh, and just, you know, the, the Gators, the way they played last night, at least sends a signal uh, that Todd Golden is doing uh, things that you want to see to improve his team. Uh, one of the youngest cats out there hired to come in and basically restore some order, at least get Florida back. Uh, and if you look across the SEC, there's a lot of good hoops being played. Uh, and teams are knocking teams off that may surprise you. Uh, look at South Carolina. We mentioned what they've been able to do at home and how they've kind of carved out a good storyline. And we mentioned all the others. Uh, Tennessee gets picked off, or actually South Carolina picked off both Tennessee and Kentucky. Uh, and so Kentucky hasn't lost in Rupp Arena a couple of times a conference season very often, and those fans were just loving it late, thinking they were going to go ahead and roll Florida like they have so many times. Florida had not beaten a top-10 team close to two decades on the road. 2003? Yeah, is that right? So I knew it was close. I knew it was so right at two decades. They had not beaten a top-10 team on the road. Which means that neither of those national title teams were able to do that. Yeah, which is crazy and had lost – and I guess, you know what, now that you say that, it does make me think of one thing. There weren't as many ranked teams in the SEC. Yeah. And so if this Great is point. a testament to what has happened in the SEC, that they have done a much better job of putting good, solid coaches in place, good, solid programs together. Player movement certainly is allowed for it. But the other thing is they had lost 10 of 11 to, to Kentucky. And like we mentioned, a bucket loss, which was a great game in Gainesville, and they weren't able to pull that one off. That was a big moment. We'll have to see where it goes, where he takes this going forward. So my question for you, we we can have this big overarching conversation for both basketball and football. How this team is constructed by Todd Golden. Mm-hmm. Transfer portal, grad transfers. Riley Kugel obviously came to them as a high school senior turned true freshman in college. Yeah, last year, yeah. Is this sustainable? Do you convince guys to stay? Because now with a two-time transfer rule, I mean, you know, and and, and we see it at the mid-major level, obviously, locally with UNF and JU, but will we see it at the Power 5 level, i.e. Caleb Love, where kind of fell out of favor 
at UNC, eventually, after a quick little stop in Michigan, ends up in Arizona. They're all, they're all so many of them are come and go kids. Just anymore. getting to the Power oh. Five isn't good enough, and we see it in football as well. I, I think it's sustainable if you have the money. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Like if, if you have a commitment from your collectives to pay for basketball players. And if they like the style of play that yeah, you're Yeah, and yeah. if you win, yeah. It's, you're, these guys aren't going to stay if they're not winning, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say they get to the tournament, they win a game and lose a game. Yeah, I think I think if you're a player and they're offering the same money again, you stay. I think the beautiful thing is that we said this before is that coaches, and I think Chase may have said it, it's not going away. That you better figure out how to handle it, meaning NIL and transfer portal, and it's across the board. It's not one sport. It's not reserved to football, and so you've got to you've got to figure it out. Well, Todd Golden Golden may have the personality. To, and patience and, and youth on his side to put up with it and weather it and navigate it and all that kind of stuff. But think about what he did just in terms of size on a team, depth on a team, shooters on a team. Length on a team. Yeah, yeah. stuff that Everything. just had not been consistent in any way, shape, or form What's post, not just post that, Billy too. It's and also, pre this year. It's also getting these guys assimilated to what he wants to do and each other. Yeah. Like, it's, that's not easy. But listen, here's the thing. There's no denying his style is apparent in his second year. Back to my original point when we opened up the show, Billy's style is not apparent in his second year going from basketball to football. Well, and it, I, we can bring this to the Jaguars, too. Again, we've talked so much this offseason about what is their identity. You can tell what Todd Golden's ident- identity is yes. of the type of a Todd Golden and, and, team. And me like. Right. He wants it to be a fast-paced electric style of basketball where you're going to average a ton of points. I think what's so fascinating, especially because I brought up the Kentucky defensive struggles where they're allowing like 1.2 points per possession or something like that, some ungodly number, 75th in in adjusted defensive numbers this season. But they're scoring at such a clip that it's kind of covered it up. I'm Mm -hmm. curious. I haven't looked up where the Gators fall defensively because they've been in a lot of track meets. Well, they also were pretty good in – second chance points on the offensive glass and did not do a good job of that last night and yet were able to overcome that and I think the thing that kind of got me more than anything else is that they didn't blink and I know that's easy to say it's real hard to do but it's nice to see a basketball team playing with some confidence and and basically looking and saying okay all right you got that watch this and and it was that was the part of it that they went up and down the floor they either had big threes or they had throwdown dunks or they had second, you know, uh, offensive rebound, put it back up and score. And then they also had to weather the way Kentucky played because Kentucky kept hitting big shots and defensively they were able to do enough. And once they got to overtime, and think of what they did. Think of what they did to get to overtime. That so, Walt three was money. You're, I mean, you're literally talking about a guy who in one transfer portal – year. Yeah. Got more impact players in one year than Billy Napier had has had in two. More to the point, you're talking about 14 scholarship players. Yeah. Almost half. Almost half were right. new guys that are impact players. Right. And which would be like Billy Napier getting 40 or 42 impact players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and right now, there's a Gator fan out there going, all right, wait a minute. It's Pullen, and, and, and then is it, what's Walt's last it's name? Samuel. And, yeah, and what's Who's Samuel? It's Clayton. It's Jarvis. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's so many of them. All right, hit it, Handleton's really good, too. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Unfortunately, I have to change the subject before we go to break. Um, 
Sad day for Florida State and all baseball fans, really. Uh, Mike Martin has passed away. Yeah, uh, we knew it was coming. He's been sick for a little bit, but he's been yeah, hospice, very yeah. sad. Yeah, and and Frank was talking about this uh, earlier. I want to say last week. Uh, it might have been even uh, earlier than that. But the bottom line, as you said, JJ, failing health, and it's not coming right now as a shock, but it's still coming uh, in a very sad way. And people don't understand what that guy did for how long he did it and just basically put together a baseball team every single year that could compete with anybody. And then everyone, as soon as you start a conversation about him, someone would bring up, well, he never won one. Well, you know what? He's still the all-time winningest coach in college baseball history. 40 seasons. Just a a great, great man. And I'm not even talking about Just his personality. Just a, I mean, rare. Very, very rare. And isn't it true, Matt? That's why guys wanted to play for him. It was a different time as we just sit here and talk about transfer sure. portals and everything else. It was a different time. But I- I'm glad you said that. Rest in peace, Mike Martin. This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. Heading towards that 3 o'clock mark when we will be handing it off to the Frangi Show. But before we do, an update in the latest in the saga that is the Tennessee Volunteers, Matt Hayes. So this is from Danny White, the athletic director of Tennessee, and he starts Former out, UCF AD. Yes. Former, brother of Mike White, now former, the Georgia UCF, basketball coach. Yes, Joe, former UCF AD. I liked him Our when he was nights. there. I liked him when he was there. I don't like him now. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so he starts off with, you know, blah, 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 but then gets into the meat of it quickly, okay? <laughs> and this is referring to an NCAA. The NCAA, the NCAA investigation of Tennessee. Yeah. For NIL irregularities. I love that. I'm irregular every once in a while. More than once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> after, quote, after reviewing thousands of, of Tennessee coach and personnel phone records, the NCAA investigators didn't find a single NIL in violation. Here we go. So they moved the goalpost to fit a predetermined outcome. They are stating that the nebulous, contradictory NIL guidelines written by the NCAA and not the membership... <laughs> Don't matter, and applying the old Brewster bylaws to collectives. If that's the case, 100% of the major programs in college athletics have significant violations. This is obviously silly and not productive, as is blaming the membership whenever they are challenged. We need to be spending our time and energy on solutions to better organize college athletics in the NIL era, something that NCAA leadership failed to do back in 2021, which is what I told you guys. Uh-huh. They had 16 months to figure it out and they didn't. and didn't do anything. Yeah, you are right. Student athletes, prospective student athletes, coaches, and administrators across the country deserve better. And I refuse to allow the NCAA to irrationally use Tennessee as an example for their own agenda. It's funny because yesterday I, I said, I don't mind them uh, hassling Rocky Top, you know, take them to rock bottom, uh, all that. But what, what the AD, Danny White, is saying is 100% is that you can't constantly change something rules-wise as far as an investigation when everyone gives you everything you ask for and then you go for something else. And that's basically what they've done. And we heard of one thing, and apparently there are scores and scores of violations according to what's being said on the NCAA side, and there's there's no there there, which if they start, as Danny's suggesting, they start looking – on any college campus or around any NIL collect or excuse me collective, they're going to find plenty of questionable things that well, happen. Here's another thing: who cares? Yeah, I know. 
Who cares if the school is the middleman between the players and the collectives? It, it, it's the I, only I still, way it can be. I still have not heard anyone give me a legitimate argument about that, why yeah. it can't be that way. All I hear is it's, quote, unsustainable, and quote, the death of college sports. Neither of which are true because these guys are getting ready to sign a billion, B, billion annual deal but for I the new playoff contract. You. I got a news for you. They're hauling money in. It doesn't mean they haven't. They're not slowly killing college football. They're not killing anything. College it's, sports. It's stronger and better than it's ever been. Ever. And getting stronger. Like how? Financially? Yes. Okay, that I'll agree with. Not only that. Because it's the, not only that. They're eating each other. So how, if you want to say if you want to say that's a negative, that if you want to say that's a negative because one of the conferences is gone and now it's two and now it's two larger conferences again, they're not like eliminating teams. It's not they're not they're just contracting. No. Yeah. So now it's just more it's more teams in major conferences. Well, yeah, they're eating conferences, they're not eating teams. Correct. And I don't mind the carnivorous nature of all this if if you're going to go and, and and just gobble up the Pac-12. I'm all fine with that. Uh, it's a power four. We got it used to saying instead of a power five. It's not but, even a power four. It's a power yeah. two. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you, you get what I'm saying. Right. But they still need to rein in something. I am. It's de- rain in what? You signed the NCAA right now. What? Rain in what? I, I, I Listen, you and I will not agree on this. Like I'm Mr. Deregulation everywhere, but you better have a handle on something. There's a reason why we don't have the wild, wild west anymore. Wait, but why are you, what are you, what are you trying to regulate right now? That's all I'm asking. Uh, control for any program to have some sustainability and what they, what they can count on the following day. The following day. That's really all I'm asking for. Okay, okay well, then that, that, that sounds more like a institutional operational control thing. But, but this goes back to the like same you've thing. Got to, is- you've got to choose who you're recruiting, mm-hmm. who you're giving deals to, and you've yeah. got to understand who you're, de- who you're dealing I, with. I think every university has a semi-handle on it. It goes back to what we said, the governance, the regs, the rules you have to follow. JoJo, it's yeah. the nine most terrifying words in the history of the planet. I'm from the government. I'm here to help. That's basically what you're doing right now. You yeah. know that, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the, the NCAA just needs to go back to to setting up, like running, not rule, uh, regulating, just setting it up and saying these are this is what this is how it's going to work. Look, you want me to tell you how dumb this is? This is how dumb it is. On the text line, Matt sounds like he gets paid from the NCAA to defend them. This is what people, people hear. hear. Whatever they this is what hear. people You've been hear. Doing the opposite. It's kind of the opposite. I'm of that, literally actually. doing a hundred eighty degree opposite of what this moron is saying. Yeah, he's anti NCAA. God, yeah. I mean, this is like literally. This is what. This is the problem right now because yeah. everybody hears what they want to hear, mm-hmm. and then it's the echo chamber. Oh, it's unsustainable. It's going to ruin college sports. College sports have never been more financially stable than they are now. Yeah. Never. Whenever you say finances, I have no problem agreeing with you. It's the other part of it that I have a problem with is that the the I you, love you, the opportunity. You don't want to share the money with the players. That's no, what no. It is. But have I ever said that? We don't I like mean, seeing DJ Uolungale yeah. on like his third team right. in three years. Why? Who cares? Why? Why don't you like it's to see because that? Because that's not what I liked about college right. football. It's very right. NFL. They're different sports. I want them to stay there. You I've love the it. NFL. I've said it forever. I, I don't love the NFL like I do college. Uh, like right now, there are no more Letterman's jackets. They're all Technicolor dream coats. <laughs> They are all going to have oh, a patch sakes. of you every me. school they play now we're gonna for. Go, now we're going to go to Letterman jackets? Dude, now well, that's what we're doing. Okay, let me, let me give you an example. Don't act like that that's good for the game, that a guy jumps to school to school to school. How, JJ, how can that be good for the product? It's, what you, because, the, because you have the ability for teams that don't typically reach the championship level to reach it, i.e., 
TCU and Washington, who both played for the national championship in the last two years. And guess what else? There are others that are kicked to the curb left and right because even though there are more that can play for it, there are so many that are going to be eliminated up the wallet. earlier. Feeder from schools. Yeah. Like, open like up the wallet. So many yeah. schools now are just feeder schools to bigger schools. So if you're a, you know, UAB and your quarterback is good, well, yeah. he's gone. Well, like, like we or were saying, any player. Like we were saying with basketball. It's even worse. Yeah, the coach left, oh like she gosh. said yesterday, and he took six of his kids with him. Yeah. Right, and the player movement. And the players college. can leave whenever they want if the coach leaves. And an update to that Pretty story. soon they won't have to go to school. An and update. I know that's coming. Right. Well, that's definitely well, coming. In basketball, you know, it's already, has already That's That's yeah. 100%. Like 100% they're talking about it right now where the, you are majoring in your sport. You're not majoring in academics. You're I majoring in the sport. We are, we are now reaching a world where uh, right now you and can look up. There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with that? Um. I, I don't know. It's supposed to be called a student athlete. I don't think going anything's wrong right, with it. Right, but there's it, no but such thing as like a student athlete still anymore. Going there's to college. no such Just thing as that then, anymore. Then don't have it on campus because that is the essence of of what you're doing. It's a scholar. No, 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 athlete. no. It's the essence of what you know. It's the essence of what no, has been forever. Student okay. That's what it is. So yeah. give me a world where there's a university of whatever and every athlete is not playing or not going to class? Look, in a perfect world, you and I agree that I think these guys should go to college because you never know when, when it's over for you. I agree completely with that. All yeah. I'm telling you is this. College is not for everybody, man. I get it. A lot of these guys don't even care about going to class. I get it. All they want to do is get to their league. Here's another little dirty secret, oh, by the way, that the NFL never admits. There's one way to get to the NFL. Yeah. No other way. Right. There's not one player in the NFL right now that hasn't gone through college football. There is one yeah. who is at yeah. the Shrine Bowl. Came from, yeah, came from well, CFL. I'm not talking about the Australian yeah. punter. Or no, no, like no, that. it's not. No, it's a guy who was supposed to play the, NAIA the ball. One guy Did you read the story? Yeah. No, but yeah. my point is yeah. the only way to get to the NFL is and, through college football. And guess what? It's brilliant. And it's worked forever. It is. It is a great marketing model, a great proof. And the players model, have gotten the shaft for a hundred years. It's uh, there's so many. Uh, are you kidding me? Okay. They did not get the shaft, okay? They may not be getting all that's theirs, but they did not get the shaft. Let's make sure that that's correct. Okay, you think Pat Mahomes, when he came into the National Football League, was getting the shaft at Texas Tech? Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, I do. No. No, he may not have been getting you, as think, much money. Do you think Tim Tebow got all that he deserved at Florida? No. He, again, he didn't get the shaft, How about though. Sam, Sam Bradford? You think he got all he deserved? Well, he got that Johnny $60 Manziel. million dollar contract. Johnny Manziel would like to go back to college is what he'd like to do. He was making more in college than he's making as, a, as, as you an guys, everyday. You guys, and I respect no, but it. Why can't I respect what you're saying. that from the portal guys, talk, though? Like I res- the, the portal, to me, is way different than so, NIL right, or so, any of that pay stuff. I, I just don't like that you – these contracts, there is no contract. Yeah, the portal's much Look, I, I, I respect NFL, that you guys like, want the old days because I agree the old days were great. But, man, you cannot, they cannot keep doing this to student-athletes. They are the product. Dude, that's not what I'm yeah, saying. We're not arguing. Well, well, I'm I know, saying but they, the but they deserve. I know, JJ, but they deserve free player movement too. Why don't they? Because if I sign a deal with the Giants for three years, I can't just get up after one year and go play for but the Giants. But that's a contract. That's signing with the Giants. They're not no, signing no. with Florida. We need Florida. to start that. They're signing yeah, with contract. the Yeah, well, if you want to do that, they're happy right. to do that. Uh, yeah, Share contract. the revenue. They're happy to do right. that. A contract will come. And you, in other words, you have one free transfer. You. Uh, sign with the school, you stay for a year, you do an NIL deal, you stay for a year, and then you do have the ability to move. Now, my guess is if it ever goes to play for play, and I think it's going to get there eventually, is that's the only way you end movement. And what you do is you, you, you they get paid, and they are there at that school, period. Right. They're there. Yeah, well, that actually would restore some order. By the way, that's governance. That's restoring order. And this is XL. <laughs> 
Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. I like to call him the embedded and shredded. I might call him high and tight today. High and tight, fresh cut. Let's go. I'm ready. Yep. Fired up. Yep. I, I, I was asking uh, the, the crew earlier, mm-hmm. who did you have coming out of Championship Sunday to win the Super Bowl, and has it changed? It hasn't. I, uh, I've i learned my lesson. I will never pick <laughs> against Patrick Mahomes again because I had the Ravens. Uh, oh, so there. I'm going with the Chiefs to beat the 49ers. I think it's going to be a great game, but my guess is 23-20, Kansas yeah. City, somewhere in Tight there. Tight as a tip. Tight, but Kansas City sets the tone early because Mahomes and Kelsey will do something mm-hmm. spectacular. And uh, and I think the Raven, or Ravens, the 49ers will be sort of playing catch-up. Uh, and just they'll never be able to get over the hump. So I, I like the Chiefs, but yep. I, I mean, I certainly San Francisco's got a ton of talent. So oh my gosh, they're both. I loaded. mean, I don't know that we've ever had a Super Bowl where it feels like you're going to have about fifty percent. Like it's a dream for the Vegas boys and girls oh, because yeah. I mean they are going to be like I can't imagine they're not going to have fifty percent of the money on each side, which means they're going to make out. Going like, to make it bandits. Yeah. Like if you get roster to roster, it's not even close. The Niners yeah, you roll way better. Well, yeah, until you Except get to Patrick you get to Mahomes. One guy, right. It's unreal, right? <laughs> yeah. One absolutely, guy. absolutely. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm taking Kansas City. Would I be shocked if, if they lost? Absolutely not. But uh, but I'm, I'm not going against Patrick Mahomes. All right, so back to your original yeah. nickname, Embedded and Shredded. Were you the one that let out that Calvin Ridley was, uh, you know, that the Jaguars are not happy with him? Cause well, I, I wasn't the one that let that out. What, what Who let that out was everyone in their building. <laughs> so... Um, you know, I, I think you can't uh, go far without yeah, somebody saying right. I mean, so I except I, for Trent. Yeah, I just uh, I was surprised that that became such a story. He loves football. The guy is not looking for the ball Great in week fourteen. You, you don't think there's some elements of frustration in the building with yeah. his play? Yeah. yeah. So uh, and yeah. yet the other frustration is you probably got to keep him on some level yeah. price point. He's not obviously he's not a bad player. He's a good yeah. player. And you hope that if he is back, that in year two he gets more of a familiarity and and plays with a, a better uh, mindset. Wow! I just noticed the rug. Yeah, boy, yeah. this is like it, uh, it really ties this is like the room together. You just have to get your haircut. Wait really till you hear the, the playlist. Wow, this really does tie the room together. Wait till you hear the playlist that comes along with this. Play. Yeah, I bet. Bad I can't boy. wait. Are we gonna hear some? Uh, I just dropped in by Kenny Rogers <laughs> yeah, in first yeah. edition. Yeah, you're gonna hear a little Joe Cocker right here. Yeah, all hear. right. Very good. Yeah. All right. Back to what? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so wherever we were, anyway, yeah. So Calvin Ridley. Uh, yeah. So come up on the Frangie Show. We're going to talk all things Calvin Ridley. That's how, uh, that's how Calvin played the game. Is like he's getting that comes out of the huddle. Like, dude, did you see that rug? I, you know what? I I kind of <laughs> did just have a Calvin Ridley moment. I apologize. I wasn't looking for the ball. I was fascinated by the pastels of this rug. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be. Look, I I would keep him. I certainly would try to keep him. But I uh, it's uh it's. Obviously, it's you got a cap and things like that, but my guess is he'll be back. What do you make of building off the Ridley nugget from that Walter Camp report, but that or Walter Football, excuse me? Um, the Jags targeting big outside receiver day one or day two of the draft. The Jags also looking at offensive line premium, premium pick. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I would imagine in free agency they're going to be able to sign Sheriff's replacement. So I think right guard will be checked off. Then it comes down to uh, its center. What kind of competition do you want to give Fortner? Do you want to? Are you trying to find a replacement into story? Or are you trying to find somebody that 
can push him if he doesn't develop. So, I mean, I would just plan on replacing him, but I don't know that that's where they'll be. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think a big receiver would make a lot of sense. I love Keon Coleman, maybe one of those other guys, maybe one of the LSU guys falls to 17. So, could certainly see a receiver there. Brother uh, Thomas. Yeah, Thomas, I think, would make a lot of sense. So, I think they're in a good spot. Somebody's going to fall to 17. Uh, that is going to be a special player. Mm -hmm. uh, now, they have to identify it and pick the right guy. But There's I guarantee that. you, when That's we look back ass, on this draft, it, it's a bunch of ifs. Um, but, uh, but I do think that when you look back on this draft, somebody in 18, from 17 to 21, mm -hmm. there's probably going to be a really special player in there. Because uh, you got to figure there's going to be four quarterbacks that probably go in the first 16. So you're talking about, look, if you've got the – you know, thir 12th, 13th best pick when you're talking about not quarterback. Get it right. You got to get that right. Yeah. So hopefully right. they will. So, yeah, we'll talk about uh, all that and more. Big uh, victory for the Florida basketball team. Lauren Brooks nailed it. Mm -hmm. uh, she picked the Gators. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. We'll talk a lot about that and uh, what it means for Todd Golden's program all coming up on the Frangie Show. Sounds good, my man. We look forward to it. Thank you. Paige Carline, Frank Frangie, Lauren, RJ, they're all coming up. Uh, by the way, our, our I'll just call him our barbecue guard, uh, let me know, reminded me, Eric Swan. Eric Swan came through semi-pro, went mm. to the Arizona. It might have been the Phoenix Cardinals. Just ask Herb, one of them, uh, back in the day in the, in the mid-'90s. So Eric Swan is one, and, and, and that was a very good one also, that he reminded me of. the text line reminded us Antonio Gates mm -hmm. played college basketball. Yeah, from, from who? But still came through the college ranks. I get right. it. Right. Chris Manhurts as well. Shout out to the former Jaguar, Canisius. Never mm -hmm. forget. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just college basketball. Yeah. Still the NCAA machine. But by the way, Eric Swan was a man. Uh, that's for sure. Programming note for y'all. Um, Pro Bowl begins tonight. The mm -hmm. Skills Challenge. And I got to tell you, I am outraged with the NFL. They're not letting our guy, Ross Matisic, participate in the closest to the pin. They're making uh -oh. him do the snap the snap shots mm -hmm. with all the centers and the long snappers. That's a long snapper. I mean, that is what he does, right? Yeah, I know. Come on. Let him play a little bit of golf. So that mm -hmm. will be among the events tonight, uh, as will Gardner Minshew participating in the precision passing and then the dodgeball game with which both Evan Ingram and Josh Allen, the good Josh Allen, mm -hmm. will be playing in. All right, looking forward to it. We are out. we got the French show coming up next. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Sirs, and JJ. Don't forget Leonard Truck right there on Blanding Boulevard 7739 tomorrow.